League live here in Brooklyn as the speakers come up. I don't know if people missed the beginning of me shouting out. There we go. Thank you all for making it out tonight as we explore why North America is 0-9. I'm sure that will be dominating a lot of the conversation, but hopefully we'll be talking about a lot of other things. I want to give a huge shout out to Grubhub and Chipotle for sponsoring the show. Uh, we have a bunch of cool things going on. If you do exclamation mark Grubhub in the chat right now for those watching at home, you can get a code. We'll talk about that again later to save some money. Uh, and then Chipotle will also be dropping codes for free entrees in the chat throughout the evening. But now, let me go to Mark. What? You're pointing oh, I was going to say people in the audience can do. You said at home, but technically they can go onto the Twitch they app can, probably. Yes, they can, they can open the Twitch app as well. I, I'm not yeah. trying to deprive these wonderful Scam people of something. coming in and actually watching in person. Yes, well, you know, it's a different experience. Anyway, uh, my constant co-host Mark Zimmerman is here. How's it going, Mark? Whew. It's been a week since the uh, last Hotline League, huh? Yes. Uh, we, I think the takes are going to feel very different than they did last time. Where's David? Did he come out for this one? No, he had a different event that he had, uh, to, he had to make it to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we're getting three teeps out. Exactly. Out. Oh, no. Uh, it's been good. I went up to Boston this weekend to see my family and check out other things that aren't North America getting decimated in groups. Yes. In fact, I believe you have a member of your family here tonight. Yeah, my dad's in person. Round there of applause for Mark's dad. <laughs> he made it out. You'll love to see it. Uh, we've got family members here in the audience. Uh, okay, so how you've been seeing your family, but then you've also been watching the show. Oh. You were there for at least one of the days, I right? I was there on Monday. Or not Monday, well, the first day, which was uh, Friday. Because they keep bumping these back one day. Yeah, yes. so I was there for Friday's games. They went south pretty quickly. Uh, the entire crowd is an LPL crowd. Another uh, L for David about, like, the New York crowd's going to boo all these teams. I'm like, eh, it looks like the uh, JDG crowd to me. Yes. No, it's, uh, there's at least, I think, 50. To, to my untrained eye, there's at least 50% of the folks that are in the audience that are wearing LPL jerseys and uh, have fan signs and all that stuff. And you've, you've, my favorite moments are at the very beginning of an LCS game, uh, LCS versus LPL match, before everything goes terribly for the LCS, and you've got the LCS fans going crazy in the audience and the LPL fans going crazy in the audience. It feels You feel the rivalry. And then one of them just gets quieter quickly. Y yes, <laughs> we won't say which one. Uh, either way, it's, uh, but it's been, it's been good. I mean, how have you been managing the pain and suffering while you're with your family? Because you, you, you probably have to watch the games and then you go out to dinner, maybe you do something and then you just have to put on a fake smile. No, it's great because I'm doing something else while the games are going on. Uh, so like, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm in like Salem and we're like doing a spooky tour and I'm like, oh, we're losing again. Wow. Sweet, apple cider. You had a, move on. we're, we're going to bring guests on in a second, but you had a story that you were telling me beforehand uh, of you getting recognized. I don't know if you want to share it. It's not much. We were just doing a maze, like a corn maze kind of thing. And I rounded the corner and this like kid, he was like, I don't know, high school, middle school, rounded the corner and his eyes were just like, whoa, are you Mark Z? And I was like, yeah. And then he was like, didn't know what to do after that step. <laughs> so he was like, paused for 30 seconds. And then eventually I was like, all right, well, normally I'd ask if you want a picture, but we're in a corn maze and there's people behind us. So yeah. uh, bye. I, I love the idea that this, this individual thought that you might be part of the corn maze, you know, like, oh, and you just come around the corner. <laughs> there's a very spooky person from yeah, the LCS the broadcast. Uh, so the funny thing was too, also after I left, he was with a big group of, of other people who probably don't watch Lee because they're like, who was that? And I could hear him through the corn shouting like, that's Mark Z. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. So it's pretty cute. That's very cute. All right. So, uh, what do we have to talk about tonight? Uh, nothing Not at all. Not much. Yeah, no. Um, 
We have obviously all the games. I know a lot of you are going to be asking and wanting to come up on the show and talk about LCS. We can definitely do that. Um, but I am hoping that we get some additional takes where it's not all just LCS doom and gloom. We can talk about maybe hey, some Rogue of the... Rogue uh, looks pretty good. Yeah, Rogue looking pretty good. Uh, we can uh, talk about all sorts of different stuff. There was uh, a couple things. Oh, uh, wait, it's, it's been reported now. I got scooped by three minutes. It's oh, been I reported yeah, yeah. that Bjergsen is uh, supposedly a free agent now, no longer on Team Liquid, or is at least open for uh, offers and opportunities. So that's maybe something that we can talk. I mean, we'll keep a mostly world's focus, but I world's feel like that's... World's isn't going well. Quick, talk about the offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the pivot I normally make in my content around this time of year. Um, but I'm sure we can grab something uh, around that. Maybe anything else that folks want to talk Maybe you want to talk about the broadcast if you feel like it's missing a certain analyst uh, on the desk. I, I I'm, of course, talking about Emily Rand. I think it's unfortunate she's not been able to be there. Um, I got boom. Yes, you thought it was about you. Anyway, uh, so there's a lot of different stuff we can talk about. Uh, I mentioned this for folks that were here earlier, but just in case you missed it, uh, and for those that are in the chat and don't understand how the live shows work, what's going to happen is we're going to bring on a rotation of guests. We have a couple folks from CLG and somebody... Uh, who I was the last time he was on the no he he came on the live show or no was the last time who he was on the show the Parth essay yes no, I wasn't Parth gonna say Parth who has come on once this year oh, already right, right, right. yes okay uh, regardless uh, we'll have some folks on to help maybe answer some of these questions but for the folks that are in the audience and want to come on the way it'll work is as we have a guest on Mark will come out into the audience you all raise your hands he'll come over he'll listen to your take if he doesn't like it he'll say oh no, no. You can then come up with a different one later or something. He'll negotiate. It's a, we'll figure it out. Well, uh, then you'll come up. Go ahead. I was going to say, there's also some takes where I just save for later. Like, we're going to have Palafox on. If there's a top lane or mid lane take, you know, I can ask a pro player that question. Might be better uh, option. So sometimes takes aren't dead just because I don't pick you right away. Yes. So, but we'll get, we'll get a bunch of you on the show. You say your spiel. You can discuss and debate and please be nice and polite. Um, with us, and then afterwards we'll give you a shout-out, and then we'll move on uh, to the next person so we can hopefully get a lot of folks on tonight. But is he in here? Where's, where's, where's Croissant? Croissant? There he is. Hello. He was in the back hiding. Let's bring on Croissant, who's our first guest of the evening. <laughs> round of applause. All right. Here we go. Hopefully we did, we did the mic check with these guys. We had some mic issues, but we think we've resolved them. Hello. Hello. There we go. Hello. Okay, Croissant. For those uh, that do not know, do you want to introduce yourself and what your, your role is with CLG? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Good to be here. Uh, I'm the strategic coach for CLG. And uh, for those who don't know me, I, I mean, we got coaching staff at the split this year. That was pretty cool. Uh, we got it the last time I was in the LCS, too, when I was on Team Liquid. Uh, but I started actually coaching in 2018 um, because, uh, and I got into league. Um, uh, way back during beta, but I always played here on and off. But I watched a lot more league than I actually played. And then the first time that I did any content or anything was after G2 narrowly beat TSM at MSI um, in 2017. And I thought like, oh man, the gap is really not that big. And if we just do these things, then I think that like you know we could we could have we could have advanced. G2 would have like been stuck in groups. We would have made top four. Um, and so I made a video about it, which was just me talking unedited about it for 25 minutes, and people seemed to like it. Actually, Parth was the first one to reach out to me, uh, and um, yeah, like they almost offered me a job, but I like was doing my own thing. I was still in school at the time, and then I finally got an opportunity with Romain, 
which is funny because he was almost going to be here tonight. Uh, yeah, shout out to Romain. We almost had him on. I'm not <laughs> trying to blow him up, but he was supposed to come out tonight. But he's yeah. try he said he wants to make sure he can make it to the next show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke because if G2 loses, then... Okay, anyway, sorry. Yeah. But uh, that was a bit long, but what I do at CLG now is I just... Draft is like a, my main like specialty, something that I love, but I also helped with roster building this year, um, helping our three positional coaches adjust to the role because... For Apollo, it was his uh, second split coaching. DeMonte is first. Brandini we had in summer. Um, so providing like mentorship there and stuff because I'd done a lot of positional coaching in addition to like draft stuff in the past. And then uh, just working and flexing where players needed me throughout the year. Like uh, in spring, I was mainly working like to help mid and AD. And then in summer, in between spring and summer, uh, I mainly worked with contracts and Poom uh, before we made our run. Awesome. All right. So, so how yeah. much worlds have you been watching, buddy? Uh, so CLGs, yeah, we've been here. We've been doing events every single day before the groups. Um, and so we'll do a, a thing right at Versa. It'll be like right across from MSG. And then we go over, walk over to MSG and watch the games there. And so my throat has like uh, gotten a little bit sore from all like the screaming and cheering on any teams. And then my like... My eyes have gone a little bit puffy <laughs> from crying myself to sleep at night, and then um, I thought you said your eye. I thought you're gonna say your eyes got sore <laughs> from watching <laughs> when you say yeah. your throat was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like honestly, the crowds have been amazing. Like on all the days, um, even cheering for North America. Like uh, the cheers seem to be getting louder after every consecutive loss because like that one win is coming, right? Um, oh, I thought you were gonna say cheering for the zero eighteen. At this point, <laughs> you're all in on yeah. like let's do it for the memes. Yeah. Um, so I w I've watched I've watched the majority of the games. I had to duck out like a little bit earlier for some of the days. So probably like 80 or 90 percent of the games. Um, but yeah, uh, and I also like when we were zero four, I was doing like a CLG show, and I was saying like like probabilistically, it should be impossible for us to go zero eighteen. So I was like, if 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 we go zero eight, I'm so confident in that. I was like, it's probably like two percent or something that that's that was like in my head, and so I was like, uh, I'd bet like three thousand dollars to like riot game changers, or like um, if if that if they don't accept donations, charitable donations, then just like to some uh, other nice cause. And I'd also, and that after I said that, I was like, should I have said that? And then I was like, I'll also shave my head. Um, oh wow! But, okay. And I've so never got shaved a lot my head. So yeah, yeah, you've got a lot. You've got a significant yeah. uh, charitable donation on the line and your hair. Yeah. Okay, how are you feeling now? Because you said you did that at zero four. Yeah, yeah so the odds nine. are definitely higher that we do go zero eighteen now, <laughs> and <laughs> like in in my head, it's probably like like from two percent up to like twenty or twenty five percent chance that we go like zero eighteen, but like which is a lot higher, right? Mm. But I mean, like either I have I have confidence that like even if when we're statistically eliminated, right? Like any teams often like really perform in those games. Or for even like uh, like hundred oysters game is like definitely like my what if, I have if in my you back lose pocket. That one, you yeah. start sweating. Yeah, that's the one where I pull out and then it's just like there's nothing on the piece of paper or like the <laughs> the Yu-Gi-Oh card and I'm just like this isn't actually yeah, useful. Yeah. So, oh boy. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's hope let's hope you get to keep your hair because uh, I'm I'm pretty nervous. I mean, Mark, I know we're gonna grab takes in a second, but how are you feeling about zero eighteen? I mean, I'm kind of with Kersan. We're like. In theory, it should be extremely low probability. It's like, okay, 
assuming 50-50, which obviously is not 50-50 chance against these teams, but, you know, like, to, to lose nine in a row would be hard. To lose 18 in a row, you know, is, is crazy. So uh, it, it is, like, one of these games, something has to go right, and we just, like, close out, you would think. But given how it's gone so far, <laughs> it just doesn't feel that way. Like, it should, in my, my logical part of my brain, is like, yeah, I would bet shaving my head, too. That, that, that seems like, of course, we're going to win one game, but now, I don't know, man. Yeah. All right, well, maybe it's time to grab some takes from the audience. So I will talk to Croissant while you go out and find All righty, let's do it. Hands you have up. We're walking hands. around trying to find people. Uh, everybody raise your hands, please. We have sponsors in the audience. They need to look like you're all engaged and active and caring. <laughs> uh, all right, so Croissant, you've been, uh, CLG's been holding events at MSG every day. Uh, what has that, or near MSG, what has that been like? Have you met any cool fans? Yeah, it's, it's amazing, like, um, I don't get recognized that often, and so to have so many people come over and just be like, oh, like, I'm a really big fan of, like, what you've done, or, like, we were, I was even at Hotline last week, and I was standing uh, kind of in somebody's way on accident, and they're like, could you please move? And then I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, and they're like, are you croissant? And I was <laughs> like, oh, so that's really cool, because um, we didn't really, like, in spring, didn't get to meet too many fans, uh, or no fans at LCS for COVID, and then uh, in summer, got to meet a few, but I was... Like, usually I just go in, like, we play our game, and I'm, like, thinking a lot about it. And so, um, but, yeah, like, it's been, it's been amazing to see how much support there is. And we even have fans coming in from, like, the U.K. or who aren't, like, CLG fans, and they, yes. they just get to, like, chat with us. And we have, uh, we had mainly Dokla and me in the first week, but uh, we have Pal Fox trickling. Or he just came in yesterday, and we'll have a couple of other players trickling in over the, over the next awesome. two weeks. So. Mark, you were supposed to find someone. We this have someone. Empty. I just didn't want him to interrupt. Chris oh, no, no. Go for so it. Yeah, come, come on now, down. Yeah. Come on down. A man in a hundred thieves jacket. Guess which team he's talking about. Yeah. Wh uh, it's how, T1. Hello. No. What is your name? Hey, my name is uh, Falitarin. All right. And where are, you, uh, where are you visiting from? Or are you Atlanta, local? Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So are you going to the Atlanta shows too? Uh, I'm going to try to make it back. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it would be very ironic if you're from Atlanta, Georgia, but then you are... Not able to make it. Anyway, uh, what is your what is your take? Uh, my take is that Hundred Thieves is going to make it out of groups. Hundred Thieves is going to make it out there, of groups. I'll tell you this: there's a surprising amount of copium and hopium yes. still in the crowd today. What are they? Are they the statistically most likely? Because I I saw the little bubble chart thing. So they have the same odds in terms of like scenarios as uh, EG. Okay. Technically, it's like both better and worse. There's a scenario where they can go 3-0 and not make it out. There's a scenario where they can go 3-0 and instantly make it out. And then there's one scenario where they can go 2-1, get a tiebreaker, and still get out. So like, but realistically, most uh, any any team trying to get out needs to win three games. Okay. Basically. All right. This is great because what's funny is we we posted last week's Hotline League, and then people watched it over the course of group stage, and they're just flaming all the the takes from last week. All the positive. And so people. I thought for sure I was like, okay, well now that audience will get. You know, very jaded takes, but our first uh, guest up here is still a believer in 100 Thieves. Okay, so how is 100 Thieves making it out? Okay, so a couple of factors. So one thing I think uh, is that, you know, NA has never gone 0-2 versus a non-major region. So we drop games to, you know, CFO or wild cards all the time. We've never gone 0-2. So I think, you know, it's likely that 100 Thieves can beat CFO. And then the second thing is that Gen G has looked really, really beatable. Uh, during group stage. Out of all three Korean teams, I think that even though they're the first seed, they've looked the worst. Like, I would rather play them or over DRX or T1. 
Um, and then RNG, you know, we, we can have tiebreakers, like Mark said. So, okay. <laughs> so there's the path. There's the path. Okay. So it's, it's all, and so it's, it sounds like you believe tiebreaker is, is how it's going to happen. Almost all scenarios are tiebreakers yes. at this point. There's like two total that are not yeah, tiebreakers. Where you like win out and so other teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Croissant, does Hunter T have a chance? So this is fun. I've never done like uh, interacting with like someone else's take like this before. Um, it's okay. You can be honest. Peter was <laughs> hard playing people man, on last week's know. episode. So yeah. yeah. Wait. So so Peter flamed a lot of people pretty hard. P so Peter that's, uh, Peter did disagree with a lot of the NA hopium. We'll nice. say that. Okay. Well, I will say this is a very strong hopium take to start the day off with. Um, I here's what I agree with. One. Uh, our most likely win is to come from 100 against Oysters. And two, out of all the groups, I think 100 has the best shot of getting out, right? Or uh, not the best shot of getting I'll out. I'll take I that. Think, I'll take that. I think that. they have the easiest strength of schedule, like in terms of if you rated each team from 1 to 10, right? Like you could rate Genji like, let's say, a 7 or a 6.5. And in the coming into the tournament, people expected like a 9.5 or something, right? Um, but I, I think that's all balanced out by the fact that 100 Thieves is surprisingly shaken, or maybe not surprisingly shaken, right? People have often described them as a confidence-based team. Going 0-3 against C9 and for the games to like collapse so quickly, I think really affected them going into um, the year and something that other people have also probably mentioned like online and stuff, but I don't know if like they talked about it last week, was just it is a significant disadvantage to only like, I talked to players on several teams and like, at first, they were like, oh, yeah, it's like pretty good. We're in our home region where we get to like stay here and be comfortable. But you scrim only against two other North American teams that like don't necessarily challenge you or you. Yeah. So, so all these reasons are just like 100 Thieves. Like, I think usually they pick up a few like secret strats and the Reaper has like certain plans um, when he goes to Worlds and when he boot camps or plays against other teams. I think right now they're in a very. I expect them to have the lowest chance of getting out of groups. So you, you touched on something there I definitely want to dig into, but I'll get to the, to the take first, which is that I will also say while 100 Thieves has disappointed me like every North American team has thus far, they have had a couple moments where I'm like, oh, maybe. Uh, they had a game where uh, they someday has done quite well, actually. He did pretty well into Doran. Yep. He did well into Breathe. Uh, he's just picking Aatrox and doing well. I'm Two like, Aatrox, one Fura. Yeah, so. like he's, he's looked okay. Um, and they had some games where Closer found some early kills. They had some gold leads. And then, like, their objective fighting was pretty terrible. Um, but, like, hopefully in week two they just are a little cleaner about, like, F it, let's just go <laughs> and, like, pick fights. And I, I don't think 100 Thieves, that's always their strong suit of, like, just saying F it, let's go. They're not, like, a super flippy team uh, a lot of the times. But hopefully at Worlds they can kind of adopt that mindset a little bit more. Um, like you said, I think Genji has been a little disappointing. I think some of that might be meta reads. Like, it hasn't looked like they're playing the exact same way that some other teams are. Um, RNG does look really good. So, you know, maybe, maybe it is the scenario where they beat two, RNG is the only loss they take, and, you know, something else happens. But otherwise, I'd be, I'd be pretty concerned. I think uh, Genji is still, like, hasn't hit their peak. Maybe they're just bad, and, like, the, the meta change hurt them and whatnot. But, like, heading in, everyone was like, Genji is the Korean team to fear. And... Now everyone's like, ah, they suck. But <laughs> that could also be that, like, ah, it was three days of games. Like, they're going to yeah. bounce back. They only lost the one game, and they picked Singed, uh, Senna Singed against Aphelios, which 
I don't think they ever did in Korea. They played it, Singe against like um, yeah, a Yumi once. Yeah, yeah. And, and like it was like a counter against Zeri, etc. But like it's very hard to get through that lane against Aphelios. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You finish before I, I go to his point that he okay. made. Okay. No, I was just gonna say. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about his point, you should go for that because I'm gonna I'm gonna put a. You're gonna derail this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. The thing that you said that I found very interesting was like normally North America can go to the world's region f early and start trying to get scrims against better teams. There's a little bit of a pushback against that where like Sven in an interview was like, oh my God, we got shit on <laughs> and now we just like lost all of our confidence. Um, and so there's a balancing act there. But do you think part of the reason this is the worst worlds ever for North America thus yeah. far? Like we yeah. have never not won in week one. We've had a couple of weeks of only two wins. We're now down to zero. We used to get six wins back in the day. Like, I showed that in the blame game this week. Um, and so, like, this is the worst it's been ever. Yeah. Do you feel like that could be a part of it, is that we didn't get to scrim a lot of the best teams as much as we did before? Even if, you know, C9's like, oh, our confidence got shat on. Like, well, maybe if you had two weeks, your confidence gets shit on in week one, and then week two, you actually learn a little bit. Yeah, like, uh, it's. I definitely don't think it's copium to just say that I was part of one of the one of the wor worlds where we went two wins in week one. Yeah, this was uh, a TL year, two right? Two wins and four losses, and then in week one, and then uh, four wins and two losses in week two. And then we didn't have a third representative uh, in 2020. Um, but there was a team that went 0-6 that year <laughs> uh, <laughs> from another region. Don't worry, part will be on later. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was um, trying to understand what you were referencing, and then I realized, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and... If you win only 10% of your scrims, that shakes you. Uh, and we had games where we went, like, for example, we played against Ruler and um, Life at the time. And that was when they were doing, like, Callista Jarvan, just, like, Ash Lulu. And the things that they did level one, just, like, we would lose scrims. We, w we had, like, a 0-6 set against them, and we would lo lose a lot of the games in, like, 10 to 15 minutes. But week two, we started to be more creative with our drafts. We started to figure out what we could use, and um, uh, just in terms of scrims, too, right? But on stage, uh, we, we had a similar to thing to um, 100 Thieves, where we, we actually dropped a game to Machi, which is they share three of the players that Oysters has. And so uh, I think, like, I really respect that team, and I don't think that we were full, like, a lot of teams will say that, oh, we don't underestimate any team, but I've just not really found that to be true. I think prep for, whether it's underestimating or just like lack of preparedness, I consider them the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like they played Syndra Volibear, I think, against Ori. They got a kill on Jensen level two. But basically, like we came back the week two, we, we beat that team in 17 minutes or 19 minutes on stage um, uh, with Core and Pantheon. We, and then we also, we beat G2 and we beat Suning as well. And we had like, a we had a draft where we knew they would pick Malphite, or pick Jace and we would we'll go for Malphite. Um, and so that's the type of thing where like, yeah, I, I think it is important to get destroyed. I think it's important to, um, like as long as you have enough mental resilience, which I do think that C9 and like EG and like they have all the ingredients, like there, there is, there are certain pieces of like, technically more inexperienced than maybe we had in previous years, but 100 Thieves, this is their second Worlds with this roster, right? Yeah. Like, they they should have been able to adapt, and I think if they had more time um, playing against those teams and accepting, like, okay, this is this is how we're losing, you do learn and adapt over time. Like, th the variance just get closes as you get more opportunities to play against a team, even if your win rate in scrims only goes from 10% to 20%. Um, 
I mean, if you're really mentally collapsing, it could go from 10 to zero, but I, that's just usually not the case. So I think those are factors. I think they're not excuses. Like, I, I still think, like, the way that we performed as a region was, like, unacceptable. And as people have mentioned, like, I'm not at Worlds, and CLG's not at Worlds, and that's, like, you know, that was on us. Like, I, I don't want to entertain, like, hypotheticals of, like, oh, if we were there, we'd be doing X, Y. Like, I can say what we'd be doing. I will not say that we would perform better than they did, so. All right, I'm gonna bring this back to your take, which was, please remind everybody. 100 Thieves is getting out of Worlds. 100 Thieves. All right, <laughs> these, these big brains just came up with all this like bigger stuff. They're not gonna get out because the statistics on it happening are so low. Like that's, I, it's so easy to just look at like the odds on, on what, what it would take for them to get out. And even if they did do those things, like what other things have to come up. And it just feels like it's incredibly low. Like, I I really like the idea of like one of the teams making a miracle run, but by definition, I think at this point in time, it's pretty safe to say it would be a miracle run, right? Yeah, but what does your heart say? That's what your head says. What does your heart tell you? At what, after watching these teams go 0-9, my heart is broken, <laughs> and it's not saying anything. I don't know what you want from me. I here's my, Here's my big thing. I think all of us need to just start, especially North American fans, this is my favorite thing now, just start talking about the West, okay? Do not it talk. It tilts EU fans so much. It tilts so EU much. fans so much. Go look at my Twitter. I've just been giving like the win-loss record for the West, <laughs> and like it's they get so angry, and it's the only thing we have now. So just like from from here on out, just like at the end, if none of our teams make it out, if we go zero eighteen, add like eighteen at the end of whatever the EU number is and like just start talking about that number. Here, here's really here's good. a good follow-up question we should ask everyone who comes on stage. Yeah. What's like your second objective? Objective one is like North American team gets out, right? But we're gonna fail that. So like what's the next most important thing for you at Worlds? Is it that like EU does well or is it that like LPL fails? Or like what is the thing that you care second most about? Because for me, I'm a contrarian and like whatever becomes the most overhyped region, I sort of just like needling when they not do as well as they thought they would, which is kind of LPL right now. Um, so like I'm happy for EU, but I'm also like I might be care more about LPL doing bad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What about you? I think I like to see like good games in general because like I don't watch much LPL or LCK, so like seeing really like really close games. Like I forget which game it was. I think Dom it was like, versus Tess. Yeah, that that one banger. Yeah. So yeah, just really good games all around. Actually, as long as they don't like as long as they aren't all stomps. Like I feel like stomps are so boring. Um, if they're good games, that's all I care yeah, about. Yeah, there was one on that first day where it felt like the first four games were not like LCK LPL and then what I whatever the fifth game was was LCK LPL on that first day and it was like oh this is this is what worlds is supposed yeah, to this be this is yeah this is how this is supposed to go all right thank you so much for coming on uh, uh anything you want to shout out here at the end uh shout out to Grubhub love you guys and uh thank you shout out to my boy Huhi fantastic thank Woo. you so much and uh ho hopefully we see you next week yeah very good um, all right, we're going to have... I, I want to ask Croissant's number yeah, two priority. We'll have Croissant on uh, for one more take, and then we'll bring Parker. But I want to know his number two priority. What's your number sure. two, two priority? Um, I think my number two priority is to continue a supply of not like... Like Hopium for next year. I, I think that's my <laughs> number one objective. <laughs> You've already moved on to 2023. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Travis, what's your number two? Number two? Uh, I have no idea. I've, tr I've been trying to side... Like, do I root for the EU teams? Yes. I, I think, I mean, I, I think that's kind of fun because 
I really don't want an LPL, LCK, all quarterfinals. Yeah. Uh, although maybe I do because that's that will ensure I feel like that format changes for next year. Um, so I haven't I haven't figured out yet what my second thing is. Yeah, I'm, I'm right between that. I want EU to do well, also because that means LPL is not doing as well. That's like a combo yeah. for me. Very good. Okay, so you're gonna find somebody else uh, to bring up, uh, and we'll have croissant on for one more, and then we'll grab something. Something I should have shouted out is that we actually have merch available now. So the shirt that Mark is wearing, the World's Tour shirt, maybe we'll get a look at it again later, um, is, is a, it's available now for you to purchase. We actually had one given away in the chat earlier uh, as well, and you just have to do exclamation mark merch, and you'll see the, the recently, as in like two hours ago, we got this thing built, uh, the store for these things. So if you like the shirt, that would be super cool. You can have uh, TGI World's Tour merch available, and we'll get that out to you. That's the first time we've ever made TGI merch available for sale. We, we're selling them in person here, but we're also selling them online. So uh, please go check it out. Um, also posters. What? Also posters. Oh, well, we don't have the posters on, on the shop yet. Uh, okay, I got so it. So folks can only buy the T-shirt right now. But if, for people that are here in person, there are posters at the uh, merch stand up at the entrance that you can go check out. So um, Mark is grabbing our next uh, audience member here in a second. Looks like looks like we have somebody. Mark pointed at you, so I think you can come on down. You can you can ignore him. Fantastic. Okay, Mark has returned. I think you you figured out how to to walk in front of every camera whenever you leave and exit the stage, all at once, so that there's no way that Perry back there can switch. Okay, keep it on. Hello, welcome to the show. What's your name? Hello, my name is Eniola. Awesome. And uh, where are you joining us from tonight? I am actually from Brooklyn, but Brooklyn. not this part of Brooklyn. It took it takes me like an hour to get home. Okay, you shouldn't have said that. But you just say Brooklyn, and then they'll cheer. So just try again. All right, I'm from Brooklyn. Uh, fantastic. See, there we go. There we go. Uh, okay. All right. And what do you want to talk about tonight? So my take is that North America is by far the best venue to hold work. To hold worlds. North America, the best venue. Do you think you might be biased at all in that assessment? So I, of, of course, there's you know, uh, it's close by. I don't have to stay up until 4 a.m. to watch games. But um, my reasoning is, so North America as a region is very used to losing. And what wait, that in what means, in what context? Losing games at Worlds, oh, okay, or losing okay. internationally. I, I thought, you I thought were the saying, context spoke for itself yeah. there, Travis. I thought you were going very broad in this. Oh, anyway, no, no, no. Sorry, North continue. America is very used, very accustomed okay, to okay. losing games internationally. Yes. And what that means is we've also, I guess two things. One, we've, we've learned to be slightly less attached to the performance of our teams at Worlds. And as a result, we've learned to find secondaries. So it's like, well, NA's out, and like we made it to quarters, NA's out as usual. Like, who else am I rooting for? Whether it's, you know, we're rooting for like, we're the We're the least EU biased team. crowd because we can't cheer for our own teams. Exactly. So that's, okay. so there's different teams. Um, so for me, like I started watching LCK, and now I'm just an LCK stan. But on top of, so on top of us just not having enough representation, as Mark said, like the ease of access, like globally, for North America, like for people that like have been at Worlds like last week, there half the crowd was LPL fans, LCK fans. So like just in terms of like the diversity of the people there, like that's like another. Aspect. Oh, okay, that's a, that's a really I like that angle a lot. Where it's like we we have a lot of folks 
that are cheering for other regions naturally um, uh, for any number of different reasons. Uh, you said that the North American crowd is not attached to our teams winning as much. Is that what you were saying? Like we've gotten accustomed to it? Well, he's just saying that like eventually the North American teams are going to dip out and you well, just learn to cheer for others. So, but this is my point. You're like, hey, we've gotten accustomed to this, etc. Have you visited Reddit at all over the past couple oh, of course. days? Of course. Of course. I do not feel when I visit that, that site that people have become accustomed to us losing because they seem to continue to be very emotional and reactionary to the losses. So that's my concern. So I think we've continued to somehow manage to even disappoint the low expectations that we've had. That like every year North American expectations get progressively lower and lower and somehow we still fail to meet even the low bar that we've set for ourselves. I, I, I put out a video before Worlds came out about how I'm like, Guys, this is like proper expectations for North America. Because I, I agree that people always seem to get disappointed when like only one team makes it out or we struggle a little bit. I'm like, here's our historical win rate in groups. Here's how often teams get out. Just to try and like take the edge off before we even get to Worlds. And then we do so much worse than even I'm saying in this like kind of tone setting, we're kind of bad video. So I'm not surprised people are very upset. Yeah. Uh, all right. So to the point, though, of... Are we the best because we don't we have low expectations and we'll cheer, cheer for other teams? What do you think, Krasant? Uh I think the same would probably go for. I mean, if that's the metric we're using, I think Brazil would be the best place to host because, like, once the Brazilian team gets out, uh, they're going to still be like a lot of like extremely hyped crowds for all the other teams, etc. I think to the point of uh, accessibility, I don't think it's necessarily. I. I think that um, from what I've seen, like demographics-wise, that a lot of the and like just speaking to LPL fans that were in the crowds, that they they most of them that I've talked to live in New York and like they didn't fly. It's not exactly very easy to fly from like China to the U.S. specifically for this event. Um, if when we go to Atlanta, uh, I don't know how many LPL fans there will be. There probably still some, but like significantly reduced. But like yeah, New York and SF are great like multicultural cities where like I heard a lot of like people laughing even in the crowd to something that like one of the Korean players said in interview and I was like how do so many of them like understand before it got translated yeah, before yeah, the before translation, translation happened yeah, yeah, for yeah. the Mandarin yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but the Mandarin like expected and then Korean not so much and so I think uh, I think I agree with that but I do think that like um, even though I love like I've watched every single worlds I watch like every region and it's not great to stay up till 3, 4 a.m. And I think most people don't in North America. But, um, like, I'm glad that we have it here. But I know that, like, you know, now everyone else is experiencing that on the other side. Um, so that's going to be a complaint. I don't know what, like, the time zone would be like in Brazil. but No, I, I imagine viewership will be lower for this world than for previous ones just because the time zones are not going to be great for the majority of the people who watch worlds. So yeah. I think that's part of it. Uh, one counterpoint to what you were saying, though, is you're like, oh, it's okay. You know, at least North American fans, like, we're, we're down to cheer for the other teams as they get later into the tournament. If you go to China or Korea, they don't need to worry about cheering for their teams, uh, you know, because they will just continue to go forward in the tournament. So there's not anything holding them back from being able to do that. You know what I mean? It's but like then you get the Busan Library that, that's when exactly they lose. What I was say. Like okay, when, the Busan Library. When their teams either aren't playing or when their teams are losing, like the entire crowd, like they're just so unfamiliar with like the concept of losing yes. that they're like paralyzed. 
Yes. And to be fair, I think didn't on Hotline Week League we had a thing where the boost on library was perhaps a misnomer because like Riot's production was not doing a good job of picking up the mic. Like I feel bad for Busan because I thought we had was somebody that came in and they're like, no, people are cheering. It's just like Riot doesn't have the mic. That was the, this the MSI though, not not the Busan oh, library. Oh, you're memes. thinking about the original Busan library. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Okay. So sorry, we've talked, Mark. What do you what do you think of this take? <laughs> I mean, I brought it up here because I thought it was a different take, but like. I think it's not better for the, for the overall worlds in terms of like those communities would rather have the worlds <laughs> just in their areas. Right. Yeah, and especially their time zones, like t staying up. I don't. I I like being nocturnal, but I, I think I'm an odd man out here. Where not most people want to be up till 4 a.m. watching their teams get smoked. I think North American t uh, fans would be much more open to the idea of staying up late if there was something worth staying up late for. <laughs> yes, that's. You were just saying that we're down to cheer for these other teams, and now you're suggesting that we those are, matches aren't like, worth there's it. In person, there's levels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the SF crowd is going to be great for sure. Yeah. Um, incredible, but uh, yeah, overall worst experience. There's a, yeah, a lot of yeah. factors. So this, this was a you question. I don't want to always be gameplay, you know. Yeah. Fair. Okay. I fair mean. enough. Thank you so much for coming up. Uh, you want to give a shout out to anything or anyone? Uh, yeah, a couple. One is, I was here last week when you were doing it with Double Lift in Manhattan. I was with my friend Nicole, and she gave me this take. So, shout outs to Nicole. Awesome. Um, shout outs to Grubhub and Chipotle. Uh, I actually managed to get a code last week when they did the code drop, and that was food for me. When, when you were in the audience? Yes. Awesome. Nice. Um, and Alienware, because even though they're not sponsoring this like directly, they're, they're still helping out in a bunch yeah. of ways that aren't visible. Cool. Thank you so much. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, maybe we'll see you at next week's episode. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Thanks, man. All right. So as we say goodbye to our audience member, we are now also going to say goodbye to Croissant. Croissant, anything you want to shout out? Or I know CLG is doing something you, you might want to say be before you disappear as well. Just CLG is holding an event you might want to promote. Anything? Um, yeah, I mean, check our Twitter. We're definitely going to, all the events are on there. There's like a CLG Red, which is our Valorant team mixer. And then um, a lot of, uh, we, we're, I'm there every day, and I'll probably see, uh, I'll, I'll definitely see any of you guys if you come through, or anybody watching this online too. Um, I'd say that definitely, like, digging in and, like, uh, not division, I'm looking for another word, but, like, just the negativity and, like, the specific way that discussion spirals is, like, uh, Kelsey had a really good take too, oh, yeah. like, about just how um, we provide solutions year round, like, some people are more public about it. Like I usually am just trying to like provide solutions internally. A lot of people are out there though with like really good takes on like how, how we how we can improve the space, how we can add more accessibility to like Champs queue uh, and have it integrated with solo queue, for example, right? Um, and it's it's definitely I have my own like beliefs for why North America did like particularly bad this year, and I think it has to do with the gap closing within North America. And I do think that is good for the overall long-term health of the league. I think just the cream of the crop was not as like strong as before. Because like last year, we had our first team get out of groups since 2018, right? And, but you had like the leadership of Perks and you had like uh, a really cohesive team like in like Sven Vulcan, like they played together for forever. And they, they knew it, like that roster had strengths that like didn't even shine in the beginning of the tournament, but was able to come through. But the narrative of this year um, has has definitely been uh, laden with negativity, and I understand why that's the case. I just think that 
Next year will be better. I mean, it, it has to be, right? It and can't so, get worse. Yeah. So um, far. But yeah, other than that, only a shout out is to Grubhub and Chipotle as well, but especially Grubhub because uh, I went to university at, in University of Chicago, and when I was there, like I, I definitely tried to cook for myself, but like it was a treat to get myself Grubhub. And at the time, like uh, there was not really delivery apps were not like super accessible or like developed yet. There wasn't even Uber Eats existing, and Postmates was definitely an L. Uh, but Grubhub like really actually brought joy to my life, and they, I see how much they do for like not just. Uh, you know, Hotline League and like Travis, but also to a lot of the league events that I've been to. So um, they're awesome. And I'm not sponsored. I would love to be sponsored. So that's 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 a big. That was a big shill. Yeah, right there. you can yeah. Uh, you can find me on Croissant LOL at <laughs> Twitter and DMs open. So yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. Well, as. As we get Parth up here, I think no better time than now to uh, shout out uh, Grubhub and talk a little bit about them. Uh, and I will just say, go for the win, go for Grubhub. I, I know all of you who watch uh, online, a lot of you probably here in person as well, have been uh, loving our uh, discount codes that we've been giving out throughout the, the year that they've been providing. And so everybody always harasses me for the next one. Um, so this week's is uh, TG New York which you can get in the chat, exclamation mark Grubhub. That's uh, $5 off your Grubhub order of $10 or more. There's details in the chat as well if you do the, the command. Uh, and with Grubhub, by the way, your food delivery just got better. You can get your food delivered on time and at the lowest price, guaranteed, or they'll make it right. That's a Grubhub guarantee, which is fantastic. Uh, and it's, it's just been fantastic to have them as a partner. I'm really happy that they've made it out tonight. Uh, and uh, thank you to everybody who's been shouting them out so that they know that you guys care. So. Uh, thank you so much uh, to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. And without further ado, we now have Parth here. Shout out to Parth. I'm an old man now. What's that? I'm an old man now. You're an old man now? Yeah. Why are they cheering for me? Why are they cheering for you? You've been gone like less than a year, sir. You're not that old. In esports terms, that's old. You're a little quiet if we can get the microphone a little closer. Okay. So, hello. Uh, so, Parth, what are you doing out at Worlds? Because you, you left TSM. What is what is up with you these days? Um, I'm just chilling, consulting, living my best life. Uh, <laughs> I think it's only people who leave a team know what I'm talking about. Like, there's just you're you feel ten pounds lighter. Yeah. You, you move. You leave LA. You go somewhere else, and you're like, holy shit! There's like an entire world outside of the universe. So, I'm exploring that now. Uh, have you been watching Worlds at all while exploring the universe? Um, I watched a couple of games every now and again. You know, I uh, they do the pickums, so I like coin flipped every single group, <laughs> and my group one and group three might actually pan out. So just as good as a coin, it, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a lot better than the pickums that I did when I put serious thought into it. So there you go, coin life. Well, I think part of the thing, uh, part of the reason why it's particularly fun to have you on tonight is even if you've not watched every Worlds game uh, this week, you can talk a lot about the infrastructure because you I know this is something you've cared a lot about. I mean, even when you were at TSM, you were running uh, boot camps and doing all sorts of stuff and trying to find uh, talent and building, uh, building folks up. And then also you've been to uh, Worlds with TSM and experienced different levels of success. 
Um, and so I think it'll it'll be good to chat with you a little bit as we have yeah. uh, folks come up here. Any words of wisdom for the, the NA team staring down the barrel of the, the zero six? You know, um, I feel bad for the coaches and GMs because after you go zero six or after you don't make it out of groups, no player wants to do an interview, right? And so you have to go do that last interview with whatever press outlet, and they'll ask you like. Is there any hope for the future? And that's always the question. And you have to say the same things every year. Like, you know what? This time, I think we came really close. Uh, I, I feel like things just didn't go our way. Uh, next year, we're like developing our ecosystem. Our proving grounds is finally getting off the ground. And next year will be our year. And so to all the coaches and GMs, there's your blueprint. <laughs> uh, is there any part of you that is rooting for the 018 because then it'll scrub 06 from everyone's memory? So I do have a take about this as well. Okay, okay. But this is a separate part of that take about okay. the zero. Well, maybe, maybe we just. Well, it'll it. overshadow the TSM. This is the okay. question you're yeah, asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little different. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I I really hope we don't go zero eighteen. That's like a record that you can't beat, and you need something to aspire to, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so, <laughs> hopefully, we leave us some record that we can still break to look forward to in the future. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So, so I have a take about this. I think we may as well just bring them up here a little bit. Sure. You want to come up? All right, cool. We've got our next audience member coming up to talk about uh, hopefully, I don't know, something that is not super negative, but will probably be very negative. Uh, you get what you get. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Welcome to the show. What's your Hi. name? My name is Harry. And uh, where are you visiting from? I'm from Brooklyn. So hey. I'm from there we go. You just have to say it, and then they cheer. Okay. I'm from Brooklyn. No, you're not. Okay. Um, hello. Welcome. So what do you want to talk about? So my take is that unless we get a team out of groups, NA going 0-18 will be the best thing to happen to the region. Oh. Wow. Okay. So you would. So for you, it's either team out or 0-18. You don't want anything in between. He doesn't want be. this Nothing in between. mathematically eliminated. Suddenly, we win four games, and we go 4-12, and 12 and we cope. You know, you want to go... To the bottom of the barrel? Oh, and 18. Okay, so, yeah, so when a team gets mathematically eliminated, you then actively will be rooting against them. Yes. Okay, uh, <laughs> fantastic. All right, why? So I think, actually, part of this kind of talking about this where we have this thing where every year it's like, okay, at the end of the conference, it's like, yeah, next year we'll do better. Next year it's our time. And I think every year we've gotten, I think it's in reasonably well in groups. We usually get C9 out and seem like it always goes three and three. And I feel like that gives us hope that, okay, next year it'll be better. You know, they'll win that one more game and we'll get out. I don't want any hope. I don't want any teams to have any hope. I just want them to go 0-18 because I think that'll, that'll help fans get an expectation that, okay, maybe groups shouldn't be the goal. Maybe we should work on our infrastructure at NA. I think teams will also have an idea that there is something fundamentally wrong. It's not just, it's not just one game and suddenly our region is saved where it's always kind of felt like it's one game and our region is saved. It's, it's so you're, it's, you're just like, I want NA's face in the dirt so they can't even imagine. You need to confront the abyss. You seeing can't, you the can't sky. keep having these like, yeah, oh, if that tiebreaker went our way or like if we didn't just drop that one game to LM, uh, you know, the LMSC, if Flash yeah. Wolves didn't take us down, you yeah. know, like whatever it is, you're just like, no. Hit the bottom of the barrel so we can turn back around. I'm not seeing look at fans. Seeing them go three and three every year, it's, it's yeah. not fun. Well, not this year. Um, all right. So there's a lot to dive in there. I think maybe we can just start on the surface level of uh, would either of you prefer a 018 over a anything else that doesn't include getting out? No. I already gave my piece. Well, you've already said your piece. Mark, Mark 
You have to put the microphone up. No one up. can hear you if you. Oh, sorry, yes. sorry. How long cool. have you been in this industry, dude? How many? How many times? You, you, were, no, no, you know you, how much you know the big did media. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know Travis's biggest complaint was I never did interviews. So. Yeah, yeah well, that's not just you. <laughs> also your players. But you do but you do conferences. You know yeah, you do yeah, you do yeah. collegiate stuff and whatnot. All right. Anyway, so uh, Arthur said his takes. So uh, how about you? No, I'll disagree with you for one a, a couple reasons. The first one that jumps to mind is this is the first time Worlds has been in North America in six years, and I wonder. I mean, we don't know for sure, but like, how many people like kind of zoned out for a little bit? And then, like, this has brought them back into the fold. Or, like, maybe someone dragged their new friend for the first time. Like, how many new eyeballs or returning eyeballs are on Worlds right now watching us get fucking embarrassed? And then, like, hey, you want to watch next year? You know, like, that is actually my biggest concern more than just, like, looking like in a joke and then, like, haha, and then you forget a month later. It's like, wow, like, is this going to have lasting damage? We have debated many times about the importance of international competition on viewership trends and whatnot. Like, we, we've ran that ground before, but... It being in worlds and this happening, or it being in North America and it happening, feels potentially extra bad to me. Uh, and that is, there's the infrastructure, which I think is more the angle you're taking about like this might force team changes. But I am also just concerned on a, you know, as someone who's on the broadcast, like oh shit, you know, yeah. like, uh, that that is a level that I'm I'm, I'm concerned about a little. Mark bit. wants to remain gainfully employed. Uh, okay, so to your point though, it's interesting to me because part of what you seem to be saying is. We need to go zero in 18 so that, I think you said, so that we stop thinking about Europe and instead we're like, we need to work on our own infrastructure. And uh, I, I think. He said Europe. He just meant like, if we go, if we lose by one game. Did you say Europe? No, it was groups. Oh, stop groups. Worrying. Like, uh, stop focusing on, like, specifically the goal has always been just groups, which feels like not enough, but also too much. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, and this is where I want to tag in Parth, because I think there, there's a weird, belief that like we're not working on infrastructure or that that's not like a thing or like oh we need to lose so that we we go and work more on infrastructure when one infrastructure is a very vague term it's like what does that actually mean but two like that has been something that people have been doing it's not like folks have been like well you know we're one away from making it out of groups, so do we really need to worry about like we need hiring too? hiring additional coaches or anything like that so yeah, to, to that point, what, what do you think, Parth? So I have two things. One thing is, on, on a more serious note, I hope every, US, every NA team gets at least one win because it's like the home crowd. And for once, like, you want the chance to like, win a game, cross over, and take a bow. And I think I've been in a lot, a lot of live events, and having like, the entire crowd cheer for you after you won a game is like, the most amazing thing. And it really sucks that when Worlds hasn't been here for a long time and the teams worked so hard to get here, they don't even get to do that once. And so like genuinely being on the team side and knowing how much this means to everyone, uh, for all the players and coaches and everyone, I hope everyone at least wins one game. As, again, sad as depressing as that is to say out loud, like I hope that happens. Um, on the infrastructure side, I also think that every team knows, every coach and manager knows like there is something broken and fundamentally wrong and how to approach things. Uh, for me, I left, or one of the reasons that I left TSM is because I know that it's really hard to change things just being part of one org, right? And there, there are a lot of... Mark's dad's <laughs> cell phone was just going off, which I think is, yeah. of anyone classic. in the audience to have that happen, yeah. I love that classic. it was Mark's dad. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. There's a lot of people who 
want to make things better. Uh, maybe it's too, a few years too late, but a lot of smart people are now trying to help build things up below the pro level, right? I think everyone's talked about how there's not a lot of resources and not a lot of players in NA. They've talked about like coaching staff and infrastructure, and you only build that up when you make a game be multi-generational. Uh, you uh, like take players who retire, go into coaching, become better managers, and this is just a cycle that's just gonna take years. Uh, and if you look at like traditional sports or the Olympics, you go like decades without like a single win as a national team, right? But you you need to put in like the time and effort to like build a program up, and. NA is just in that period where a lot of things are going against us. Um, and it's not that people don't realize it. Everyone on the team side realizes. They don't need to go 0-6 to know that there's something wrong. And so, yeah, I, I think it's gonna take a long time. It's gonna be slow. It's not gonna be like an instant, like, here's a proven model, we're gonna go win things. But I hope everyone sticks around for esports in NA. Uh, how about is there, so while it's not necessary, yeah. is there a positive that can come out of his point, which is, okay, we went 0-18, maybe some teams that had certain roster building strategies or like, I don't know, players being held in contract prison in, in academy, like do you think like there's a, a, any positive angle to the 0-18 or is it almost always like, is it just straight negative? I mean, it's, I guess, complaining about things is like the most fundamental American right. And so I guess on that, <laughs> on that end, that's the one positive that we have. But no, I, I don't think one, 3 and 15 or 0 and 18 really changes anything. Yeah. All right. Well, Parth disagrees with you. Uh, and I got to say, I'm not, I'm not necessarily rooting for a 0 18. Do you have, I don't know if you have a follow-up here. No, I should think the, park, the point Mark brought up about getting new fans, I think, is actually not something I thought about. Because I've come with a from the perspective of an old fan where I'm so jaded to NA just <laughs> losing. I never thought about, yeah, like if we get new fans into league, it'll actually build out the infrastructure and that'll help get people interested in talking about the game, watching the game, and actually get talent attracted to the game. So that's actually, I could see why wins are important. The, the positive spin I can give people, hopefully, is like, just because you underperform once doesn't mean that's how it's always gonna be. For example, last year at Worlds, you kind of sucked. They did not do particularly well, and now they look like they're crushing it. We'll see how long this continues, but like, you can have these fluctuations. 2014, and they got two groups teams out of groups. EU got none, you know, and then obviously they've gotten the better of us. So like, you can have these fluctuations where good and bad things happen. It can't like we we say it, but I mean this unironically. It can't get worse, and like I don't think that this should become the new expectation. Like every year we're gonna go into Worlds and just go zero nine, zero eighteen, whatever it ends up being. Well, I guess we'll see how things go, uh, and maybe if the 018 happens, and then next year the 180 happens, it'll all because uh, we w we got that 018. You'll be you'll be able to gloat. Anything that you want to shout out? So I want to shout out Chipotle and Grubhub, of course, for sponsoring the event, and also CLG for somehow being the only team to throw any events in New York City. Well, that, to be fair, they're owned by MSG, so if it was going to be any team. It would be them, but yes, I agree. It's a little disappointing that we haven't seen more LCS activations around, so uh, we'll see how things go. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. While we are grabbing our next person, I do want to have Drew come up to deliver this Grubhub uh, dessert that we, we missed out on to add. We had a, uh, yeah, raise your hands if you want to come up on the show, but we have a uh, dessert delivery to add here. Thank you so much, Drew. And thank you, Grubhub, for 
for delivering. Oh, there's like a oh, there's a hole. Well, no, I'm adding this. Okay, you can you want to plate that for us? Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, Grubhub again for providing uh, for the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, sure. All right, thank you so much. Off goes Drew. As we're getting our next our next audience member up, Mark seems to be having some uh, some fun adventures right now. We'll see how it goes. Off he goes. He's finding people. <laughs> Help yourself. Um, okay. Uh, okay, and it looks like Mark has found somebody. He's returning to the stage. Here we go. All right. Continuing to walk in front of as many cameras as he can. All right. Here we go. This is Hello. the infrastructure takes. Infrastructure takes for, for Parth. Parth. Who cares yeah. about infrastructure? All right. It's in. Hold your. All right. Microphone up. Microphone up. Okay. Hello. What uh, is your name? Hi. My name's Richard. Richard. Hi. Where are you joining us from? Uh, from Manhattan. Who's from Manhattan, guys? There we go. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. Not as big as Brooklyn. Mostly cheers and then just a jeer at the end. Which <laughs> Was is, that, is that a Brooklyn thing? <laughs> I know we're dead in the middle of Brooklyn, but I heard last week was in Manhattan. Yes, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, what is your take? I said that imported players ruined the integrity of competitive League of Legends. Wow. That is, that is, an, uh, that is a hot take. Okay. So <laughs> why do they ruin the, the integrity of League of Legends, competitive League of Legends? Well, it's all about region, and you're trying to breed players from a specific region. So when you... Like, by importing players, you basically admit that you're not good enough and you need to get someone from Korea or China. And it happens so much. Like, I stopped playing League of Legends. I don't play League of Legends, by the way. <laughs> I stopped playing in, like, 2015. And back then, teams were still, like, full of uh, native players, full of people from their own regions. And I just started watching Worlds again this year. And oh. I, looked, I looked up all the teams, and it's like, Every single team in America, there's like two or three imported players from Korea. And then even the teams in China have a couple Koreans. So I'm like, what happened? Wow. Okay. So, so wait, did you not watch at all from 2015 to now? Pretty much no, not at all. Okay. How did you find out about this event? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I started watching Worlds because I had a friend who visited. So. Oh, okay, okay. And then uh, after that, I looked up some stuff, and then like I was going on YouTube, and I saw a video of last week's chat with Doublelift. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. That's okay, why I'm well, here, so I found first out. First off, so you are one of the people we are trying to bring back with Worlds. Uh, did you, are you watching again because Worlds is in North America? Oh, yeah. I went to watch it on Sunday, like in person. I got a ticket. But I'm just saying, is the, is the reason you're watching League of Legends again because you're like, oh, it's in North America this year? Oh, because oh, of time zones? Well, or just anything. Yeah. I don't know if you're like, excited yeah. to go to events. So I yeah. just think it's fun to watch games and see epic plays. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so back to the point. Uh, do Does importing players, the act of importing players, ruin the competitive integrity of League of Legends? Mark? Travis? Mark? Parth? <laughs> Hot potato! Okay, I'm not going to comment on the competitive integrity because I don't even know where that's going. Uh, I'll say this. 
importing players, like you have like two reasons for doing it, right? You either looking for some level of like technical skill or they have something developed where if you lack the infrastructure to support development of players to a certain degree, you can bring them on, you can plug and play and they kind of help fill out your roster, right? Um, or you can bring on, or, or like the longer route or the route I think CLG chose to take this year is where they have more native players and they had like a different- You have, you have to hold it, you're gesturing with the microphone. We'll they, get it by the end yeah, of this. So if, if you look at like the different models of teams who are importing players versus the people who are developing players, there's two different strategies. Um, the way they're going to be looking at like periodization and how they set up their training schedule, uh, what like goals they are, are drastically different, right? And so it's more about like short term and long term. I do think that a lot of times for most of the teams, winning and performance has been really important. And so importing becomes a more reasonable thing to do when those are your short-term goals. Uh, if you're looking at more long-term, yes, I think that building up native talent, uh, or at least investing it in, in to some degree through academy and other means is, is relevant. Um, and even building up like coaching and management to allow for that is also pretty crucial. So I don't know if it ruins competitive integrity. I do think that there's a positive to importing, but there's also a negative, and it's really up to like the global riot and all leagues to decide what's best for like the sport overall in terms of what rules should be set. I guess what I'm thinking is that how can you say like NA is so good when half the team is like not from North America? But you have to be careful yeah. with Parth. He's assigned uh, people essays before on this show. So I mean, I don't know. I moved here when I was 10 and I think I'm pretty American. Okay, yeah, that's so American, but Imported players are like, they just moved here. Well, so s some of them, like, Impact has been here for the vast majority of his career, actually. He came over in season five, and he played in Korea for three and four. He might have played two in season two, I don't remember. But basically, like, three-ish seasons in Korea, and then eight in North America. Um, and some of those players, like, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a meme right now, actually, going on in the community on Twitter and stuff about how, like, if you spend one year in North America, you're ruined. <laughs> because the ecosystem is so bad. There's a joke that, like, yeah, you get like one good year out of these these like imports before the the environment ruins them. And if you're able to stay good for multiple years, like at that point you've kind of proven that like you are a part of the ecosystem. Yeah, you might have developed initially in China, Korea, Europe, one of the, somewhere else, but like after a bit of time in North America, you are kind of a beholden to the systems that we've spent some time talking about being problematic. Um, and so if you can still thrive here, like hey, hats off to you. You're clearly a good player. Um, and so I think for at least for me, I can speak for that like, yeah, it's not always cool to see someone come over for one year, get that bag, go, go back and you know, never really develop a connection to fans like you. But there are the players who do put the work in, who do care and you know, they don't just see this as the next stop before they retire. They actually think that they have good chances here. To, and like Core JJ is a, a modern example who played a lot in other regions, but like he got a green card. He's a full blown like, I don't know, is it resident, citizen? I don't know the, the terms, but you know, he, he lives here now. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he has been working very hard as well on the infrastructure. When we make that, that meme word, he is someone who's organizing discords, helping with the players association. Like he's all over the scene now and is actually one of the most important people in the scene, despite only joining three and a half years ago. So um, there is, I understand some feeling of a lack of representation for some fans. Uh, and I think that there's probably a fair argument to be made that there's been an over-importing that has occurred in the history of the LCS. I think that's yeah, I a, think, that's a I case think you the can make. Problem, the problem becomes, 
a couple uh, on a couple fronts. One, when you have teams and GMs that just go say like, oh, I have to import as many players as I can. Like that is my solution to this problem. Oh, my team performed poorly. It's because two of the players were from North America. I need to figure out how to fill those two slots with uh, players from other regions. I think that that becomes uh, pretty bad. I think the other thing is when teams, one, one of my biggest concerns has been the boomeranging of players that come over here because I think it's really important for us to have players that build legacies and careers and stories. And so, I, you know, I apologize for folks that have heard me say this before on the show, but it's like whenever you're like, hey, everyone, sort out, sort out Alfari and Perks, who you were not watching at that time, but all, they all came over here. And it's like, these are the big three guys that are here. Everybody needs to care about them. They're going to do amazing things, et cetera, et cetera. And then a year later, they all leave. And it's like really difficult because I think a lot of the players who, ha who are the most popular in the league, like even just looking at Doublelift and Bjergsen, one is a native player from North America. The other is, is Bjergsen, uh, who's been here for quite some time. Um, but they've, because of their long storied career, they've been able to build up fandom and storylines and you can say like, oh, remember they played together, remember when they faced each other, et cetera, et cetera. That's a lot harder to do whenever you have players that like cycle in and out of the league. You know, like I'm not, I'm not saying Inspired's going to leave, he's under contract, but like it would feel painful for me if Inspired left um, because I think we want him to, to stick around. Parth, you just, were you about to say something? I jokingly said leak. Okay, <laughs> no, not a leak, he's under contract. I'm, I would be surprised, but regardless, that's kind of the thing and so, I don't mind, um, I don't mind, I do, I am, I will admit the, the, the extreme thing that could have happened was we could have had 100 Thieves, Team Liquid, and C9 make it to Worlds where Blabber would have been the only North American player. That would have felt really bad. Uh, so I think it is about balance, but yeah. Oh yeah, and like the people you said, the ones who stay here for a long time, they do, they really do represent America. But, and, and I do think it's impressive when people do have intention to stay because that means like they believe in us enough, they want to stay, they want to do their thing. And you see that a lot in like Chinese teams. They have Koreans. Like these people, I think they communicate in Chinese. Like they learn Chinese, they, they can speak Chinese. They do interviews in Chinese like on Sunday when they got interviewed. Mm -hmm. So that's, or Saturday, I don't remember, but that's like, that shows some real dedication. Yeah. The, the difficult thing is identifying who's here for the right reasons versus the wrong reasons, if you want to talk about that. You know, like, there's some players who I've heard stories before they showed up or, like, on the way over where they have badmouthed the region that they're going to. Uh, there have been players who would badmouth it for years, and then suddenly here they are on, in North America, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're here for good reasons, sir. I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but there's, there's a couple high-profile people who have shit-talked North America for, like, six years and then c end up here, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you, you probably shouldn't be here. Um, and I, I do think that, like, teams need to get more discerning. There's some players as well who are, like, I actually really like Finn, but, like, he was not, like, a massive upgrade when that, that uh, roster was announced for CLG, like, two years ago or whatever. I think he's a case of, like, Finn's a good player, but he's not substantially better than, like, Dokla or like the people who were in the North American scene already that like you could have just gotten them for cheaper and easier like I think there's sometimes just been this belief that like oh well this European guy must be better than us so we're going to get him yeah. and, and it kind of ignores all the things that Parth was talking about that are wrong in the infrastructure itself um, and so I think that is one of the things that that can also have knock-on effects on on fans is like well I don't care about that person and they don't care about me thank you so much for coming on the show anything you want to shout out 
anything you want to shout out? Oh, uh, to all to our fans out there, uh, good luck to North America. Either they go uh, zero eighteen or nine nine. <laughs> there we go. That's very. Either good. it happens or it doesn't. Thank you so much. Very good. Thank you so much. And we're now also going to say goodbye to Parth. Goodbye, Bye, Parth. Guys. Thanks for thanks for making it out. Big Anything round. Anything you want to shout Parth. out? Yeah. Uh, thank you to what Chipotle and Grubhub for this event. <laughs> thank you for. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you looked. Yeah, thank, thank you to you. Mark and Travis for having yeah. me. Thank Fantastic. you for coming out, dude. Thanks also, so much. Also, Brooklyn Pizza is better than Manhattan. All right. Very good. Whoa. Is that a hot take? I don't know. I, pr I prefer Chipotle regardless. I don't know what the camera angle is of you right now. If we're getting one take, it might just be your butt. Okay, there we go. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, all right, uh, so I believe it is time for us to bring a professional League of Legends player from North America onto the show to defend North American League of Legends pro players. Palafox is here, come on down from CLG. Native, native North American talent. We're gonna draw arrows next time because people can cope from this side and this side. Yeah, go ahead and sit down there. Welcome to the show. There's a microphone somewhere for you. Yeah, there I think that one's yours. Yeah, you got it. That's the right one. Palafox, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Um, doing pretty good. Been yeah. talking to uh, Edward and uh, fuck, forgot your name. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they've been keeping me company. It's been a good time here. Fantastic. Great. When did you get into New York? Uh, last night at like 10 p.m. So. You you yeah. feeling jet lagged at all? No. I'm, You're feeling I'm good. Chilling. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know North American players suffer from jet lag often, so especially when traveling to international events, so I just wanted to make sure you were okay. All right. Um, no, I mean, what, what has it been like for you? I, I don't know. I remember we did an interview, um, a very sad interview, when you got eliminated uh, during playoffs, and I was trying to encourage you to come out to Worlds, and at the time you were like, I don't know if I want to do that or whatever. Um, so I'm really glad you did make it out. So what, yeah, what led you to this? Was it just CLG being like, we have sponsor obligations. You need to be here contractually, or um, are you excited to be out here? The love of New York that brought you out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love New York. You know, it's a good time. <laughs> <There> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean they were like, yo, free flight, uh, free world ticket. It'll be a good time. Um, also, like when you said, you know, you should come. I thought it over. It seemed like fun, so. Yeah, no, yeah actually, you, you were you were a big part of the reason I came. So. I'm glad I'm glad I was able to bring you out. Okay, uh, I, it looks like you were gonna ask something. Oh, I was just gonna ask, like, you know, we've been saying how much have people been watching of Worlds. You know, what have you thought so far? Uh, I think uh, China is gonna win. You know, that's my yeah. thought so far. I don't think NA will win. <laughs> hot takes coming in. Yeah. Where's that? Where's that? Yeah, hot, the, the hot Chipotle take? hot take. Uh, it's right on the verge. Okay. Either way, um, so so you've been wa you've been watching a little bit. You've been seeing how things have been going. Uh, are you surprised by the zero nine? Are you embarrassed at all? I saw who was it that tweeted out that was like, "Hey, NA players, we should not dog on the other players because." Did you see the tweet? Yeah. Was one, who was it? That it, was, uh, it was Revenge. Revenge, yeah. Revenge, that's right. Revenge, very based, was saying that he's like, oh, you know, it's easy for other NA or LCS players to like pay, take pot shots at the players that are on the stage, but like we weren't even good enough to get there, so we should all feel embarrassed. What do you think about the Tyler one take? <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> I, 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 
<laughs> I was gonna read it out loud. I'm like, wait, I can't read this. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't read it out. He, he's just upset. Let's just say that he's uh, upset. How, how are you feeling, like, uh, as yeah, part of North America? You know, yeah. like, I mean, obviously it sucks. You know, oh nine. Um, I think like, at least I saw like one or two close games. Uh, but the other ones, uh, I'm just sad about them, to be completely honest. But. Yeah, well, I think it's time for another guest to come on, and you can maybe talk about things from, uh, or another audience member to come up and join, uh, and we can dive into things. Do you have somebody in, res in reserve, Mark? So I had some C9 takes I was saving because you guys played against them in playoffs. You can maybe speak to it a little bit. We also sometimes do dueling takes. Is that too risky for a live show? I don't think we have a setup for a dueling take. Well, that Mark. never stopped us before. I would not recommend that. Okay. Uh, well, we'll have one take on who's a doomer. And maybe one for next week. Uh, we'll have a doomer take and a copium take. Okay, fantastic. Let's, let's start with the doomer take, I guess. Okay. You, were the, you were the C9 doomer. Yeah. Okay. Come on up here. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll do another round of takes in a second, but let's get these C9 guys. All right, been, welcome to the them. show. I'm happy to be here. I traveled all the way from Ohio and everything. You drove from Ohio? Uh, well, I drove to Virginia and then got a train here. Okay, okay. And I just got off the station, and then my brother's like, we got to get to this show. Oh, really? And nice. <laughs> so you came straight here? Straight here. Do you have? Did you check into your hotel or oh, anything? Oh, yeah. We checked into the hotel, threw our bags in, and just left. Okay, all right. <laughs> nice. Very good. I was like, I, did we check your baggage here somewhere? Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what is your take? Uh, my take is that C9 just needs to throw out the playbook because I grew up with High and Blabber being really aggressive and doing team comps, but it seems like they're kind of mimicking like what has been like the meme, like not the meme, but the, uh, uh, the play with them going, focusing on mid and going to or going top. But our bot seems like the strongest pick, but they can't seem to be not being protected, and they're losing team fights because uh, Blabber and Jensen are going to these fights. And as two, while everybody they seem to be fighting comes in all at like four man and like dumpster dives them. And I want to kind of see them like throw out their old playbook and just do something new. And ha instead of doing like Fiora or Aatrox top trying to do like Shin or something like and, and focus on more of team fights and responding to the bot Maokai and all these nice talk tanks yeah so and then that's my and, and I'm kind of curious and I want to ask you about Jensen because I I'm only a lonely silver ranked player here and yeah. when <laughs> <laughs> fellow silvers rise up I got and, a picture and when I saw Jensen being destroyed by Zier down there, I felt like I was watching one of my games. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of want to see your take. Like, it seems like he's having harder trouble because I'm used to seeing like these professional players when they lose lane, they die one or twice, and they're like behind a like a few hundred gold, and that's it. He was like, he was killed like, <laughs> like maybe five, six times, and it just was just like in the gutter there. And I was trying to. Trying to pick your brain on that and see why, because I remember him just being a powerhouse and trying to see why he's not, he's struggling with this. So there's a couple angles to this I want to attack. One kind of ties into what my, my blame game was, but we'll talk about Jensen first. Uh, what do you think? Watch him. Is he underperforming? Is he like 
you mad about how he's playing matchups at all, or, or what do you think? Um, I mean, my... All right, so obviously CLG lost to C9, sucks. The games were close. Um, I kind of felt it in those games at the very least that like Jensen was kind of being dragged along by the rest of C9 at that point. Yeah. Right. Well, they were carrying him. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then, I mean, at this Worlds, it kind of feels like the same thing, and it's just like he's playing against better players. He's being exposed more, right? So I think in that sense, like, you're right. He's kind of just – he's not the powerhouse he was, like, before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Jensen's, like, definitely the worst player on C9 right now. So. Uh, okay. Tough, yeah. tough low from, well, from Palafox. I think one of your points was also, like, uh, you would like to see them play more through bot. You feel like – yeah, Kutmark. Yeah, so this is this is what I want to pick your brain on a little bit because um, there's been a lot of conversation around Fudge in top lane. Uh, a lot of this like, oh, why is he playing Fiora, Jax, these kinds of things. Um, and I put out a video today where I was pushing back against that a little bit because from my perspective, this is how they won North America. They played Camille, Jax, uh, Fiora. They played Ken in top. They really didn't play that many tanks. And even when they did, it was like, all right, well, you're doing protect the Zeri Civ uh, or Civ or something, and Zven's on Enchanters. You know, it's a different style than what is currently meta in bot lane at Worlds. Uh, and so for me, my argument was that, like, you got to Worlds playing this style. You should try to play that style. And I'm not against adaptation, to your point about throw the playbook out for week two. But some people were arguing that, like, even in the first place, what are you doing, Fudge? You're playing against world-class tops now. You can't ego on them like this. Like, you can't play Fiora like Chinese super server Fioras who can proc all the vitals in under a second. You know, like, who do you think you are? Go back to tanks. So, like, I was pushing back against that because it's like, this is how you got to Worlds. Like, go, go play your style. Like, how would you feel going up against, like, Knight and Chovy? And, like, would you be like, ah! Give me, give me the scaling, give me the safe lanes, or would you still be playing? Because you're an Akali, Yone, you know, Silas player. Like, what would you, what would you feel going into Worlds? Yeah, um, I mean, the hit on Fudge is probably, like, honestly a little bit overrated because when somebody, like, gets counterpick like that, usually it means, like, either other people can counterpick. Um, like, there's other, like, draft issues that are happening that are, like, forcing him into that position. Or I agree with you there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's just other things that are like either forcing him to that position, maybe he's forcing the team into that position. It's something that like as an audience you'll never really know. Um, but like let's say, like you said, right? Um, you you think that he should just stick to his comfort? I think that that's like completely true. You know, like if you can't win on your comfort, you're not gonna win on whatever you're not comfortable on. Like. These people are probably better than you on like tank v carry matchups, and it's just yeah, it'll it'll probably be a rough time watching those, you know. The the other thing I'll say too is like I've watched so many times where our top laners couldn't play carries in carry metas, where Camille or Fiora or Aurelia or like you know you can just go through the years, and it's like which of our players could play those, and it was not super common. And like, yeah, Fudge is getting trash can doing them, but I'm also like, well, at least we're trying this stuff finally because I've watched so many worlds and then fans are just on the other side of the fence then because we're still losing. It's just like once you start losing, you start criticizing things and it's like, oh, well, we just can't play the carry champs. Well, it's, it's like so many, yeah, I mean, this is kind of like the, uh, the seesaw with fans, right? Where it's like, you, they're like, you know, they need to realize they need to come in and do something unique. They just can't copy all these other <laughs> regions. They need to have these unique picks and do things off the wall and then 
whenever they go do that and they lose with it, it's like, MF Sejuani. Yeah, yeah. No, is. that sucks. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, then it becomes, no, no, what are they doing? They need to just play all these other champions everybody else is playing. They're just, our drafts are terrible, blah, blah, blah. And so I do think it is interesting to sort of see how, you know, people are just never going to be happy when you're losing. Is I guess the takeaway, you should just, not that anybody ever gets influenced by the fans, but it's just that people are going to be pissed no matter what. Yeah, um, I think I think the the only thing about C9 like is the whole squad that they need to improve on. I guess you kind of hit on it a little bit actually. Was um, their team fighting is just like just way too uncoordinated, and they don't really seem to have like good objective setup or like a really good idea for what they actually want to do. So, I mean, usually Blabber is like so aggressive that it like overcompensates for it, and it's like super good, right? And yeah, I mean that's my my hope for C9 is like. Maybe he can push him forward, you know? Uh, yeah, I think, like, um, there's so many things in-game that will make you look bad no matter what your draft is if you're, like, playing this bad. I mean, I don't, don't want to insult C9, but, like, when you're playing really bad and you're losing games, like, there's usually not, like, a, oh, I just should have swapped these little priorities in draft and, like, my champ tier list was just a little wrong there, you know? Uh, there's a lot of things I need to improve on. Funnily enough, the game that I liked the most from them, which actually wasn't that close, what was the Zen game? Was that... T1 or Chat. was that EDG? Does anyone remember? Audience. Zinn, Blabber, they flipped it level two mid and he hit a ward and killed himself instead of getting oh. the kill on the mid laner. Uh, Chat says EDG. Whatever it was, that was the game I was most happy about because yeah. they're just flipping a skirmish level two. And if you win that and Blabber yeah, on Zinn exactly. gets a double kill, you're like, great, let's run over the game. Yeah. And I, I, I want to see them play that way. Yeah. I, how bad should we all feel for Berserker? Because I just did an interview with him. Uh, it's up on the channel, and uh, he's just taking it pretty hard. And I, I don't feel like he's been at all the, the liability for his team. And this is his first Worlds, and so maybe you don't feel bad for him because you're like, well, it's not whatever. But I just, I don't know. It's all his fault. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think, like, uh, how much is the meta read? MF hasn't looked good. You know, like, when I say that you should play your style that you got to get to Worlds, doesn't mean don't make any adaptations. Yeah, drop the MF. I don't care. Comp is playing Callista. I think I watched them play Callista in playoffs. I think they played Callista Renata. Like, yeah, go ahead. Do that. I don't care. Um, and so I think Zven and him have looked a little worse than their, their playoff run, maybe due to meta changes, maybe due to bot lanes just being stronger. Um, but, yeah, I think that there are some, some changes that they can make in the draft, and maybe Berserker can be played around more. Because they are playing around Fudge a fair amount. And, yeah, go, go ahead. Go, go try to play to a Callista lane, a Draven lane. Lucianami is being played still. Like, Rogue did that. If we want to just copy Rogue, sure. I, I don't know if that's exactly what you want to do, but at least I also had some time to scrim. I think that's the other thing, too, for me, is, like, I don't know how much... Like, in, in this position where you prep for Worlds, you're kind of getting smashed in scrims. Probably no matter what you pick in scrims is getting smashed, yeah. from what it sounds like in their interviews. What do you do on stage day one? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure every team is just going to go comfort. You know, it's like, we got... If you get smashed in scrims, like... All right, what did we get the least smashed with in scrims, you know? And just run that. So you go comfort for day one, you lose game one. Are you going to throw your draft prep out the window because you lost day one? No. I, I think usually, like, whenever you see teams just, like, throw everything out the window, it's just, it's actually just so much worse. Than <laughs> so if, if you change your whole game plan after one <laughs> loss, it's doomed. Yeah. So, like, they do it game two, and then, like, maybe after game two, you're like, all right, now we really got to make adaptations. But you have, like less than 24 hours before your next game. Like, how easy yeah. is it, do you think, to like, oh, yeah, that, that, was, that didn't go well. Let's go just change everything. Do you, do you actually think it's, it's that difficult? Because I've talked about it being difficult, but I don't know. You have to do I, it sometimes. 
I think the only really hard part about that is like some players kind of convince themselves that they can't play matchups. Um, I, again, I don't I'm, I don't know about like C9 in specific, but like at least on CLG, sometimes like like let's say like if I wasn't confident in a matchup, I'd be like, I don't want to play this no matter what. Yeah. Or like some people are like that, right? Yeah. So I mean. I'm, I'm like that in silver. Like, <laughs> I, if I, I have a, like a ten-game losing streak, I always go back to my like, cover picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not playing into Aatrox. That's permaban, you know. Yeah. Like. So, there's also some times where it's like you just got smashed by something. Maybe sometimes twice in a row, and you're like, well, that's that's a new band that we need. And then the whole draft just completely changes. So, yeah. 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 Also, oh, sorry. No, go I was gonna it. say like, I really hope Zareth is picked at some point in this world. Like. Azir's being picked a lot. Aphelios, Jinx, Varus, right? Really good into this meta. So I mean, we've, we've had a pretty big uh, set of champion diversity. It has been a very diverse world. So it's time for Zareth. Go start DMing Abba. Yeah. Man, Jensen. I, I wanted to play Zareth in, in playoffs. And your team but was, I was like, like, no? No, I mean, that and they were like, I, I was telling you, like, it's so specific of a scenario, but. And Worlds has happened like five times already, so <laughs> hopefully someone someone picks it up. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining the show. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I want to uh, shout out my brother over here. He he helped bring me over here and everything. And I want to shout out to my family down in Ohio and Virginia. I can't. I won't be here without them. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having really me. Really appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Mark is going to pull the next We definitely folks. have a hot take, but not this next one. Okay. Actually, this one's a hot take. You know what? Yeah, this is pretty hot. Yes. Very good. <laughs> I held the microphone away so that we could have a production meeting, and then you held the microphone back, so now we've like spoiled. Anyway, hello. Welcome to the show. What's your name? My name is Shane. And where are you uh, joining us from? Beautiful Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah, that's oh, right. We did talk. We we talked we before. Talked. Yes. We talked on uh, yes. Monday. All the way up from LA. Fantastic. Um, and how long are you in town for? Uh, I got here last Friday, and I'm here until Sunday. Okay, fantastic. Just for Worlds or anything else? Uh, I saw some family at the start of uh, my trip. Okay, good. So you were able to make it work. That's what basically what Mark did too. So, all right. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So. Uh, I am a copium abuser at this point, um, and the hopium is coming back. It's coming back strong. I will. Uh, you had a couple days off to re up on yeah, it. To yeah, to re up. Um, I am the proud owner of a C9 jersey that's signed by all the original members. So I was looking at that, getting my hopium built back up, and I said, you know what? It's possible for a four way tie. And a climb to first. Oh, you think C9's getting out first? Let's go! So right. not only are they getting out, they're getting out number one in the group. We're going to take number one because right, that's in my right. pickums and I need it. Uh, Perry, <laughs> it's time for congratulations, sir. You're the winner of tonight's Chipotle hot take. Because even whenever we had other things, I don't know if they got as crazy as C9 getting out in first. I didn't even know there's a possibility of that. Statistically, there is. Anything that happens in the first round, Robin, can be undone in the second round, Robin. You just yeah. do it the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Well, we're going to get you a, a burrito or code for a, a Chipotle <laughs> entree. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I will talk more about Chipotle afterwards. Uh, but so why do you think this is going to happen? Okay. So 
I know we have slightly different players now, but if you look at 2018, we had a very, very similar situation at Worlds. There was the possibility of C9 tie-breaking their way out in the first. This is their revenge year. So anything on the rift you want to talk about like <laughs> okay. this year? As far as the rift is concerned, um, I th similar to what we just talked about, I think top and mid have been the major weak points. I'm hoping with these days off they can adjust, get a better meta read, hopefully adjust to what Worlds has been doing more of and less of maybe just what NA does best. Maybe there's some middle ground, you know, a better way to come about that. Uh, looks like Aatrox has been a very weak point for NA, both playing and playing against. So hopefully they've found something around that because that seems to be uh, the hottest priority. So you want to ban Aatrox, a tank top for, for Fudge? You want the Sejuani, the Maokai? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go that copium. Okay. I think he can still try, you know? Do you have any faith on carry champions for Jensen? LeBlanc into Azir, or do you just want to slam Azir and control mages? Probably Jensen on needs to be on control. Okay. I think I think we're at that point. All right. So well, I think we need to leave top open. Bring back Sivir Yumi for Zven and Berserker. It, it seems to be alive. Yeah. It looks yeah. okay to me. There we go. Team Pe fighting late game. Palafox, well, you Because we just saw Sivir pop off like a monster on Monday. Yeah. So, you know, Enchanter, hyperscaling could work. I believe. Palafox, do All you right. believe? The Dream Comp, Orn top, right? Olaf, LeBlanc, or LeBlanc or Oriana, preferably Oriana. No, uh, she's, back. Wait, yeah, she's, yep. she's back. She oh, was she's back. She's back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, I think, honestly, if you put Jensen on Ori, anything could happen. That's his best champion, and is just buffing his team, worst case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're on board with the C9 is getting out in first yeah, place. Yeah, I just want to confirm that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, okay. now I am. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a gas Hopium. leak in the building or something? I'm very confused. <laughs> Again, lightheaded. Uh, yeah. They're in the drinks. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> pouring them strong here. Okay. Uh, so, Mark, Palafox believes that C9 getting out first. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, um, wow. Uh, so. How possible is it? Pretty unlikely for me. Very unlikely. I'm not really feeling it. Uh, <laughs> I actually think watching the game, C9 has looked like our worst team. I'm sorry to say <laughs> yeah, that. No. They're in a very yep. difficult group. Mm -hmm. um, EG has looked better to me. 100 Thieves has an easier group and has looked better to me. How much of that is the group versus their play? You, know, you, you can yeah. debate that a little bit, but there's not been much working for Cloud9 right now. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that they, they can just find like a couple easy engage tools. I was watching which game was it that they played where the enemy team had Maokai, Orn. It was the Fnatic uh, game. The Fnatic game, yeah, first That one. would look like the stupidest engage comp I've ever seen in my life where they yep. have like four alts that shoot from 3,000 range away and take up the whole lane. I was like, you know what? We can win we with that. that. We, yeah, we, <laughs> we could do that. If, if T1 ints into us at a dragon fight and we press all those R buttons correctly, like that's a win. Like I, I'm so down for a yeah. team fight Go comp Go back like to that. the bronze basics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exodia comp. Dude, okay, so the other thing about Fudge is that he did play MSI on 2021. Looked very good on carry champs like Lee Sin. Yep. But he also played Malphite one time, too. Bring back Malphite top. So, Mark, you're on board with C9 getting out in first place of their group? If it doesn't happen, I'll do nothing. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> you're not willing to put anything on I'll him. put no stakes on this.
Yeah, I feel like they're playing really good teams. Uh, yeah. So maybe if everybody gets COVID and they all have to have emergency subs, maybe <laughs> they did C9 put out that announcement. Mysterious. That was yes. an ominous announcement. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think it. I just heard it some, felt ominous. some players tested positive, so they're going to be playing uh, remotely. So all I, of them from Group A. But we don't know if that's Cloud Nine. Yeah. We. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, wow. It's just going to be every <laughs> every other game will just be C9 walking on the stage against no one. Um, yeah, I don't even know if in that situation. Travis, I, how, how copium are you for Cloud9? You feeling it? I mean, they are the team that is in the best position to get out, right? Like, not based off of... They're all 0-3. Oh, no, no, yeah. They're 0-3. But the and other teams are 2-1. There's no 3-0 team in the group. And so... It, it doesn't really matter. You need to basically win every game. You're all. asking me how copious I am. I was trying to, like... You're scrounging for something. I was, yes, I was looking. I was looking. So, all right. Well, uh, I guess we'll find out if you are correct, and, sir. Um, and and just I will add, time. I couldn't go to any of the other C9 games, so maybe I'm the unknown factor cheering for them. <laughs> They'll yes. win for me. It's all you. Yes. Uh, Center of the we're universe. We're really I, reaching hey, for a lot of copious. I started the 100 Thieves chant. On Monday. Oh, you did. That was me. Okay. Are you also starting the TSM chance? I will. No, no, no. Okay. That was not me. Are you starting I, the, I cheer the, for the, correct the JDG, team. Jing Dong Zhao or whatever it is? No. Jing it's Dong a, fighting. Yeah. It's a. Uh, uh, it's usually like EDG Jio. Jio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Either way, thanks for coming on the show. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to the sponsors, Chipotle, Grubhub. Love Grub Grubhub definitely because they've been pouring a lot of money into league creator events. Awesome. Love it. Keep it up. And wow. then I'll give one more shout out because at the start of the show we were talking about our second hopes. So my second Oh, I forgot to keep asking people about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm my such second, a bad my second strike, I'll take uh, Rogue World Champs. Rogue World Champs I can get behind. You know what? This is maybe BM to say, but like those players as well, if they won a world title, yeah. would probably not be the ones to hold it over our head. That org, those players, Fnatic fans get another world championship over us. No, oh never. my god! Well, they're god. becoming coy though. G two <laughs> fans get another like world finals over us. Oh my god! Rogue yeah, fans, they're chill. Yeah. I'm chilling with Rogue fans. Ro uh, Rogue is becoming coy, so I think they're gonna have that brand shift. So oh, maybe they will. yes. Yeah. Evi would definitely hold that over people's <laughs> heads. Okay. Either way. Uh, thanks for coming yeah, on the show. Thank you. We'll catch you next time. All right. Speaking of Chipotle, it is time to talk about Chipotle. So I have seen, I don't know if we've, if we've sent out all the codes yet in the chat. I guess we'll see in a second. But uh, there might still be some codes available. I, I know that at least one of them is exclamation mark burrito, and I'm sure our lovely mods will be uh, spamming all the codes that are out there so far. But we've been giving away burritos uh, throughout the, uh, yes, there we go, free burrito alert. I see it already. So make sure that you go grab uh, one of those codes if you if you haven't. Uh, we actually very fun uh, thing. We were given a bunch of we were given a bunch of codes uh, for free Chipotle for our trip uh, out here. So myself and the TGI live production crew went and got Chipotle earlier this morning. You can see well this afternoon. You can see that over on my Twitter. But it's been fantastic to have Chipotle uh, on board as a partner for the show. Uh, I think I mentioned this on last week's show, but uh, one of the very first uh, things that I ever did, content pieces, was a video that really, really old school people remember called Chipotle with Doublelift, where it was a very long uh, interview that I did with him over uh, Chipotle. 
And I did not know at the time that I was doing such a good job of securing a future brand partnership uh, years later, which was clearly what I was doing. Um, but it's been, it's been really cool to then have them come in and support uh, what is our, the show that we're doing for the first worlds in North America in so many years. And we wouldn't be able to do this without them. So thank you so much to Chipotle for making the tour happen. Thank you all of you. Congratulations to the folks who are getting uh, the, those codes in the chat. Uh, and anybody who's here in, in person, I, yes, I see another one was uh, exclamation mark free Chipotle. So be sure if you do that, you text a number and you can get a free Chipotle entree. There's terms there as well. So thank you to uh, Chipotle as, uh, as well for sponsoring the show. Thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, they're, they're the best sponsors around. Make us not need to turn to Gamba or anything like that for like <laughs> oh, some Mark, other podcasts. Mark, or, uh, Mark making a, streamers, uh, a, a joke about controversial upright. All right, anyway, Podcast, Mark, you want to grab you want to grab the next You want me to uh, move on from this bit? Yes. Yes. Right. Off he goes. Yes, who wants to come on the show? Mark is off to find you all. All right. What you have a question? Yeah. How is there no EG hopium? How's what? There's no EG copium. There's no EG copium? Yeah, I know. I was kind of surprised about like, that too. I'm not going to lie like if I had to bet any team was going to get out, it's yes. EG by far. You like, oh really? You think EG? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see if Mark can find anybody who has that. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. It seems like we've had the 100 Thieves take in the beginning. We've had the C9 take. And so we'll see if anybody out there is a, a believer in EG. How about everybody in the audience? Do any of you still believe EG can make it? Oh. <laughs> I expected. Okay, last week, last week when we did that, there was a cheer from the audience. This time we just had a couple of people go, yeah. That was insane. Wow. That was incredible. Okay, uh, so we have a audience member making it to the stage right now. What are you doing, Mark? <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, you didn't. You weren't that. We were not was on the that wrong camera. camera. I was yes. trying to guess it. No, you just look like a crazy person. Hello, welcome to the show. What's your name? Hello, uh, I'm Graham, like the cracker. Okay. Uh, <laughs> from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Fantastic. Oh, from Canada. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. The two guys with me didn't cheer, so apparently. Uh, what? Well, okay, so what, are you in town only for Worlds, or? Yeah, we got in this morning. Awesome, okay. And we're here just for this week. Okay, fantastic. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, what is your take? Uh, that Rogue is going to top their group, and they're the most likely Western team to uh, do well in the best of five, and they will likely make finals. They'll likely make finals. I, I think that Rogue, uh, if they top their group, would likely be matched against, like, Genji or Damwon, and I think that both those teams have looked kind of shaky in games, and I think Rogue has a very consistent uh, draft in that they have this year's meta seems to be very much around 80 carries doing well, and I think Comp is incredibly under the radar and doing well this year. Well, you know what's cool about what's happening with Rogue is there was a lot of skepticism. I mean, I think we even talked about it last week. I was a doubter. Yeah, we, a lot of people were skeptical. They thought like maybe Rogue like fluked their way to LEC first seed, um, but then I feel like they put all those doubters to. When you uh, could play Lucian Nami and go what nine and one or nine and two against Jackie Love, I think you kind of deserve some credit. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's been really cool to see them show up, and again, they're such a great Western team. It's so cool to celebrate Western teams, which They're is what the we're Western doing. Te Western fourth seed. Western fourth, yeah, Western Be fourth. Behind the North American team. Okay, I don't know about that. Okay. Uh, but, okay, so Rogue getting out. Let's see, all, all your steps are. They're going to top their group. 
and they're going to make finals, and they're probably going to have they're going to be the regardless the best performing Western team at Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mark, you're yes. pulling out your phone to you're looking up some stats. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at some stuff. Okay, Palafox, what do you think of Rogue? Uh, I'm still a doubter. Oh, to say. Uh, they by far have the easiest group, I think. Um, and on top of it, like, I can see some like weak draft points uh, for them. So for me, it's just like I think Larson's champion pool is a little bit uh, shallow, and then. Uh, Razor's a big question for me. Um, whether like how how he'll perform against uh, other junglers. You mean Malring? Malring? Oh, Malring? Wait, am I? Malring's rogue. Razork is fanatic. Oh, oh, but Larson well. is fanatic. So you probably just meant Malring also plays the weird stuff. He's playing like the J4 still. Oh, like okay, wait. I actually have I have really good faith in Malring. Who's their top? Wait a second. Oduamne. <laughs> Oduamne? He's playing Maokai. Palafox is coming They're around. so under the radar, rogue. Palafox doesn't know We're who We're watching are. Palafox in yeah. real time become, become a rogue, rogue believer. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I, I, watched, I watched a lot of the rogue games today. I guess I forgot which <laughs> was on that team. Um, yeah, I believe in Malring. Larson's the only like one that I think has a shallow champion pool, but I think it's like... I mean, he probably won't get banned out like So I was that. listening to... Diveforia, and they were uh, talking about a similar thing about like Rogue is kind of playing its own style right now, which mm. is like the Maokai top. You know, they they're playing Control Mage for Larson a lot of the time, and, and even like Lucian Nami, these kinds of things, which are not really meta, they're still pulling out. And the concern that those guys had, like Kadrol, was like, uh, what happens when people just like throw out the S tier bans that you're usually doing yeah. and just target ban them, which is what often happens in playoffs. It might happen in a second round robin where you're like, okay, we've seen what you've won on. It's like team fighting. You use comp in the early game as a pressure point on Callista or Lucian. And, you know, what happens if we just throw some bands down bot lane and get rid of what Odo wants to play or something? Like, I I'm curious what happens as you go later in the tournament. If it is just like right now, this meta read that's throwing teams for a loop. I also kind of agree with what Palafox saying about team strength in their group. I mean, not like we have any leg room to like make fun of other regions <laughs> no <laughs> like, but i do think we're, we're the ones making groups easy right now it looks like yeah. for some teams so yeah, like, yeah. I, I can't say too much bad about gam right now or anything like that but um well it's not like gam's taking games off anybody either so it, yeah i mean we're all monkey knife fighting in the middle as i say this <laughs> right so, you, you know like uh i i i kind of see what you're saying about like we'll see when they go up against yeah. some of the other teams but if they get out in the first group or first spot mm -hmm. if, if, to your point they can have a decent quarterfinal draw. I, I do think they're good enough that like it's not like they need to dodge every, like it, needs, does, it doesn't need to, like Cajun was joking about a team kill as well, where it's like Fnatic gets two, Rogue gets one, <laughs> Fnatic loses to Rogue, and then we have a team in semis. You know, and, like I actually think they can beat some of these other teams in best of fives. Yeah, I am I am very curious to see how things will go for Rogue. Uh, I mean, talking to their players in interviews, they seem incredibly confident, and I guess why wouldn't they be? But you know, I was curious. If they would have felt like perhaps they fluked their way to to it, or if they were surprised or anything, but they seem to be very confident in themselves, and I feel like they'll be able to do quite well. I saw an interview on the front page by one of them saying, "Like, yeah, we didn't think it was going to go this well." <laughs> like, yeah. even, even they are a little surprised. Like, okay, we're, so maybe we're top of our maybe group. They're not all the same. I don't know. Yeah, well, th they also only scrimmed um, G two. I'm pretty sure for like the yes. week leading up to Worlds, they like their own little scrim bubble and they're like oh by the way it was good <laughs> it was a good scrim bubble we created and now they're, they're doing well so yeah, yeah which is not weird. always the way that goes obviously so yeah north america's like what happened to our scrim bubble yeah exactly exactly yeah. 
All right, either way, we'll have to see how they do, but thank you so much. Uh, anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to sponsors, Grubhub and Chipotle. And shout out to uh, Grubhub for hopefully extending this to Canada. Uh, <laughs> so our Canadian... Yes, skip, exactly. Skip, skip, skip the, the dishes. dishes to, you know, provide some sponsorships yes. you know, for your Canadian fans. Yes, yeah. And, uh, if we uh, could unlock some uh, multi-regional budgets uh, for 2023. Okay, fantastic. They're working on it. Great. All right. And shout out to you guys for the content, and uh, hopefully Annie does well this year. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, I believe we have time for one or two more takes. Do we have right. any EG? Are there really nobody out there who wants to talk about EG? Have, have, there any EG take? About have I missed? Have I forgotten about an EG take? Does anybody want to talk about EG? Raise your hand. He can. He can do EG. He, he's shaking his head like I guess I can talk about them. Yes. Right. I mean, so you you go here. You find an EG take and bring them back. We'll do a quick EG take, and then we'll we'll probably do your take about practice or um uh, excuse me draft. So come on up. Yep. Welcome to the show. All right, here we go. An EG take. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you, you doing? Hello. What's your name? Uh, my name's Dan. I am here from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Upper West Side of Manhattan. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Is that bougie? Is that the bougie area? Where's the bougie part? It's a little bougie. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just a little. Mic uh, microphone up. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I've been to Worlds all four days. Um, Actually, thank you to Travis and Mark and Travis Gafford Industries and your community manager, Numi, uh, for the giveaway ticket on Friday. Um, they, EG has looked the best out of NA at all, I think, other than a few times in like the mid-game where they just decided to just kind of like hands check these teams instead of fight around an objective. Um, but I think going in their early game has looked really good. Kaori's looked pretty solid. Um, Impact has looked good in the top lane. Just overall, like they look good. It's just they're not closing out. Okay. So, what is your predict? Do you have a prediction for them? You like you you seem to think it's that they look good. They're just not closing out. And can, they're the best. Can they get out of the group, or is it just that they're able to save their reputation a little bit? Like, do they finally take a win off G two and not go zero fucking eight against them this <laughs> world uh, this this I, year? I think they can definitely beat G two. Um, as for the other two, like it, again, it just comes down to like the mid game for me, and not just fighting around nothing. Like if they get a good setup, if they get some picks, if they, otherwise they're just kind of like, oh, you're fighting our mid lane tower, let's fight, and then they get wiped, and the gold completely changes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, you you came on because Palafox and I were talking a little bit about this. Palafox, you're an EG believer, so what do you think they are capable of? Um, so far, I guess compared to all the N other NA teams. Uh, their team fighting has just looked like still a little bit dysfunctional, but like the best by far out of all the other NA teams. Slightly um, dysfunctional. Yeah. We, <laughs> we take those. I yeah. think that like sometimes their objective fights, uh, they're just not choosing the right ones. Sometimes not choosing the right like uh, team fights to take on item spikes. I think if that gets cleaned up, like you can definitely see like one or two wins from them. I think they've had the most high moments, I guess you would say. Like, uh, there's times where, like, Hecarim, or uh, Inspired on Hecarim's getting kind of fed, or Kaori on Varus. That was a game where he was actually playing so well. You know, so mad that Jojo just died, like, four times in, like, Narnia. I was like, S just stop dying, dude. Uh, the second game was obviously a bit of a, a travesty, but that's, that's Jojo. He's a bit of a coin flipper, and so I'm not going to be mad at him too much. Um, and so I, I agree that they might look the best of the North American teams. I think 
like I said, 100 Thieves, it's debatable, but like they're also in a weaker group. Uh, I don't think it's quite as, as difficult. I mean, the problem with the 100 Thieves, I think, for me is just they're kind of hesitating a lot, it seems. Uh, I think like every single time I've seen like engage support and then like engage from somewhere else. And like I, I think I've seen them go first on a fight like less than a handful of times in three games. So. So there's the stack going around right now that no North American team has even taken a tier two turret, <laughs> which <laughs> is a painful to say out loud. I can't yes. as I say it. I so also I like. Oh wait, that's it. You've been asking me, or you've been asking everybody what their what is or their Don't second say thing, it, dude. Uh, my if we can't make it out of groups, I just want us to take a tier two turret. That's my. Just one. That's just my one. like. I'll take that instead. Type hope. Where I was going to go with that was, like, I also wonder if you looked at team fights, how many times have we actually won a team fight? There's been a couple times where, like, the kills are kind of even or we, like, limp away and they get the objective or something. EG is the only team, I yeah. think, who has aced the enemy. There yeah. was that one dragon fight in, like, their second game. Might have been their first game. I think like, it was their first. Yeah, they, they actually got an ace. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, and, like, yeah. it, it wasn't like they won the game, but, like, they do have these moments where you can kind of believe the game is actually in their favor. So, so to that point, yeah. Yeah. I forget if it was their second or their first game where they where Vulcan gave Kanabi first blood, like face checked into five of them. Oh yeah, the level one death. The yeah. bot lane was so disgustingly fed that game, but Kanabi was able to take that lead and just like destroy the top half of the map. Yeah. And I don't know like what your opinion is on that. Like, do you think without that first blood would it have gone semi differently, or was it still just? I, I think like, so first blood changes like a little bit, especially with the jungle. Like, I think uh, we had a game this split on CLG where like. Enemy jungler gets first blood, gets a longsword. The clear is like 10 to 15 seconds faster. So that throws a lot of people yeah. off. Um, but at the end of the day, like like, like you said, like Balin was getting like super, super fed, right? I think it was like Varus TK yeah. that game. Um, and from what I watched, like... <laughs> We're sorry. For those that are watching at home and don't know this, you have no reason in why the, in I'm the giggling. bar area out at the front of the building, there's like there a little land cafe. Someone's getting screaming. destroyed. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what's happening, but anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. Ho hopefully everything's okay. Uh, Please continue, Palafon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just kind of seemed to me like, like the reason they even lost that game, it's like, it just seemed to me like some people were just egoing for no reason instead of just like, you could have played that game very safe and slow and probably just wanted from EG's side. Um, I'm sure they're also really disappointed about that one, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, people should go watch the interview that I did with Inspired because that's where my biggest concern for EG is. He was pretty shook, I guess, after the second game. Um, and so going to the third game, or after the third game, or their third match, he was very kind of freaked out about the, I, he just felt like he played really poorly in part because his confidence was shaken yeah. from the first two games, especially the second game. Um, and so that's a little bit of my, my concern. I will say uh, he was on our show last week, but Andrew Barton, who's their GM, is in the chat. So Palafox, here's your chance to give any kind of advice to evil geniuses uh, because he'll be here. He can relay it. Uh, what is it? The uh, uh, who, who did you want to have them pick mid lane? Oh, uh, Zareth. 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 I don't yes. know if that's a JoJo champ. I'm okay. not going to lie. Yeah, fair uh, enough. That's a good you point. you never seen a Zareth flash in like that, though. Yeah. Um, Mana reset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just with EG, play with confidence. They got it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Inspired's got to get his groove back. I'm hoping that's how they're spending their time during the break. Um, because, yeah, it would be really cool. So 
I, I'm hopeful for EG. I just, I really do. I think for me, if the, if the region only gets one win this Worlds, I hope it is on EG, because I think it would mean a lot EG for over G2, we take a one in 17. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, that's a great point. Yes. <laughs> yes. W one in 17, but we broke the, the EG G2 curse. Either way, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anything that you want to shout out? Uh, again, I just want to say thank you to Travis, Mark, and your community manager, Angie, for hooking it up with the tickets this weekend. Um, I had a really good time. Thank you to Grubhub and Chipotle for hosting this. And uh, let's hope that NA, like, 1-17 and 17, and we at least beat G2. Um, JoJo Pion, number one in my heart, at least. There we go. Okay. Thank you so much. Fantastic. All right. Uh, a very old name in the chat, Rux, just said oh. NA, need, NA needs to fix their pick ban. That's his, uh, that's his assessment. It's all Whoa, about drafting. What perfect timing. Because yes. the last caller that we have, or uh, audience take that member, we have, yeah. audience member, has a draft-related topic. Okay, fantastic. Welcome to the show. Hello, uh, what's your name? Rudy. And where are you uh, joining us from? From North Jersey. From where? From North Jersey. Oh, okay, very good. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is that the pick band to draft that all the NA teams have is by far and away the smallest problem that any of the NA teams have. And a lot of the flack that the players are getting for their pick band or contributing to pick band, Fudge put me on Fiora, I think is completely like absurd. Um, there are a lot of other problems that they have. Um, if, you, if you look at the games, it looks like they just completely forget to play, forget how to play League of Legends at some times in the, in the game. And it's like really sad. Um, and so I think there's a lot more in-game problems that they have to fix than just solely pitting it on draft and blaming players for, for uh, preferring certain matchups and champions. All right, so. It's a bit of a follow-up from the conversation when Croissant was on. Yes. But, but now that we have a pro player here, I figure it was worth revisiting a little bit. No, I do, I do like it, especially because it, I feel like it's so, such a big thing. Like, there, it's, it, there's this kind of weird confirmation bias that occurs at these things where draft occurs, and then you have a bunch of fans that say, oh, my God, we entered that draft. That draft was absolutely disgusting. And then anything at all could happen in the rest of the next, you know, 30 minutes or so. Teams could be running it down, or the players could be running it down, and at the end of the game, if they lost, they go, see, I was right. The draft was disgusting. That's why they lost. I called it in champ select. Ha ha. I'm, I'm right. So I feel like that's part of what happens, is you just have all these people who are, who are wanting to prove themselves right on, on, and then later on criticizing drafts. Mark, what have you thought of the drafts from the North American teams so far? I'll preface it by saying I don't love them. I don't really think we've like had this draft where I'm like, oh shit, this is the freest <laughs> win I've seen from this draft. But are we going to ever at Worlds? Like, they're no. playing really good teams with really great coaches. Uh, what was the? There was one game where I looked at the enemy team draft and I thought they were kind of trolling. I, there was there was one game where our draft was actually straight okay. up better, and I can't remember. Was it the first one? It was one of the early days. I yeah, think it was yeah. actually day two. I don't think I was I was in the venue for it. But there, there, I can't remember. There was one draft by, by some uh, Eastern team. I, I can't remember. I think it was maybe an EG game when I was watching. And I was how like, did oh. you feel? Well, how did you feel about the Nidalee? Because that was very controversial. That's not. So, like, yes. The, so, to people who, who flame sometimes, like, yes, there are some drafts we int. Like, yeah. I don't like the Nidalee game, for example. I kind of hated that. <laughs> uh, there are times I do not like our drafts. But I do think, to your point, there are times where 
one, the draft is not the problem, or two, even when the draft is the problem, the way that you get there is usually not like Fudge trying to like BD on people, you know, like he just is egoing all over the place. It might be that his team is like, he might go to his team and be like, should I be doing something else? And they're like, no, dude, this is, this is the best strategy we have. People assume that like, you know, Sven talks about how they're getting slammed in scrims. People are like, well, why didn't you adapt? And it's like, who's to say they didn't try Sejuani and Maokai top and they still got slammed. And so they said, F it, let's just play what we won with last on stage. Like that could have happened. You could have a situation where like, there, there's so many situations that can come up. The coaches might be trying to push them to try things and the players might be hesitant to. I know coaches sometimes get blamed for draft as well or, or the players do. You know, like there, there's all these like dynamics that can be going on as well as like even if you do make the changes that you see in draft, the way that it'll play out in games is really different. Like, all right, Fudge is struggling in lane phase. I'm watching him play Fiora into Ornn. I, I, I watched some other Fioras play into Ornn. They repost the displacement on the queue from the Ornn queue proc and they get a stun and they, they do stuff. I'm like, I, I don't think I saw Fudge do that. So maybe his lane phase is just bad. So then they like, put him on tanks. But if you put him on Sejuani top, like the enemy just either gets the counter pick and then maybe they play it better, or they can just put top on an island and sit on Berserker's face for 25 minutes of the game, or Jensen or whoever. And like the way that comps interact is so much more complicated than just like put him on a tank and, <laughs> and like soft lose lane phase and go down 20, but it doesn't matter as much because you're on a tank now. But like if there's spillover that happens about like, well, what's Blabber doing now? What's the enemy jungler doing now? Maybe Fudge is, yeah, not playing well, but maybe he's gotten attention from the enemy jungler that's forced resources down there. Like, a, a lot of things can happen in the game that beyond just like, oh, well, you lost with ego picks, so don't do that. Um, and again, that's not to defend all the draft choices, but there's a lot more under the surface, at least I think so. Yeah. Palafox, how have you felt? Um, I mean, Mark kind of covered it. Like, you never know, like, what's really going on with the players. I think, like... Uh, Best example I can give for myself is just when I was on FlyQuest, someone wouldn't want to play something. A lot of the times I would have to play like something I was really not comfortable with, but at the end of the day, you're gonna go into a game and you have to pick something. So like s whoever it is that's taking like the, the pick they don't want or playing in a certain way, like sometimes it's just necessary for that to happen. Um, and I think like it, it might have been Parth, actually, during, like, the infrastructure talk. Talked about, like, players and coaches coming on. Like, the only times you'll really see uh, that start to change is, like, when coaches and players are, like, I guess willing to, like, call people out to, like, actually get better at their mistakes. Not at Worlds, but in the prep leading up, right? So, like, spring, summer. Um, and I think that's, like, yeah, that's when that type of stuff will change. The one caveat I'll add, too, is, like, Maybe Fudge is just an asshole. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, we're not you never there. Know. I'm, I'm, I'm painting the other side right now because the, the community conversation is clearly on the Fudge has a huge ego problem. Yes. And I'm just on the other side of the fence to be like, well, here's some other alternatives. But maybe he does just have a huge ego and he's like, guys, who the uh, hell are these guys? Zeus? But I feel like that's not what the default assumption should be, right? And that's where people tend to go as the default. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think I don't think Fudge is like I'm gonna ego on Zeus, you know, the number one, number two top laner in the world between him and three six nine. You know, yeah. like I, I don't think that's the perspective. We'll see when interviews come out, when inevitably players talk about what went wrong at Worlds. Maybe this will be one of the things yeah. that Fudge Fudge was a problem. And and you know, I'll I'll give it the credence then, I guess. I mean, I mean, one thing I can say about Fudge, at least when I played with him, um, is that he, like, really, really, really highly respected, like, a bunch of, like, Korean and LPL tops. And, like, 
I know even now he's just still watching VODs over and over and over of like their gameplay, right? So I, I again, like I really doubt that that's the case, right? Yeah. And, and of course, there's a whole other can of worms with Fudge for why the community is so harsh on him right yeah. now in terms of his comments towards fans in the past, as well as his practice regiment being <laughs> 1v1s. I, I, I got to yeah, force like you to talk one. about it. We were talking about it before <laughs> you, the, the show started about that practice regiment. How how'd you feel? Yeah, so, um, I mean, from what I heard, he just wasn't wanting, wasn't uh, wanting like the best opponents. Uh, so obviously, like not the best practice, right? And on top of it, like the people he is one v wanting, like I know they're also playing champions queue. So at the very least, like you know, you can you can play some a little bit. I know you're a really good player, Fudge. So if you put in a little bit more effort, I know you're. Just there, smirk, I right? mean, what was fun? I think two or three days ago, the tweet went out that was like, "Wonder tweeted Fudge Fud joining champions." Fudge <laughs> joined Champions Q. Yeah, it's so funny. It's so funny, and it's like, it's almost better if he had just not and stuck to his guns and been like, "No, no, no, this is the best." Because now it just looks like you're like, "Wow!" At the eleventh hour, literally, you've decided <laughs> it is time for Champions Q to save you. Because, uh, because like now. He has to win, right? If, if he has no more excuse anymore, and I, I, it feels sucky that that was always the default. I think around him in terms of the community perspective, like with everything that he said, like he just has to win lane. Like even going even doesn't count for it. Yeah. The good news is, according to Twitch chat here, is that he's gapping three six nine in champs queue right now. So oh the turnaround has begun. Wait, this is actually like C nine going first hot take, like. This is it. This is the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> they join Champs Q. They start smurfing. They get and their confidence back. Yep. And then Champs Q saves North America. Yes. This is how it happens. We finally had Fudge join. Okay, fantastic. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Also, thank you. I've seen you taking some photos, so we'll grab those from you later on. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, Travis's uh, sponsors. Thank you, Grubhub Chipotle. Uh, also, for making this free. Those New York tolls suck. Booty, because <laughs> I drove from Jersey. Yeah, so. Well, I'm thank I'm you, glad Travis. we were able to uh, to have you on. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll hopefully see you soon. Very good. Well, at the end of the show here, I want to give uh, as everybody is. I want to echo what everybody else has said. Shout out to Grubhub and Chipotle. Thanks to the Grubhub team for making it out. Uh, thank you all for coming out. We're gonna do thank uh, you. some. Shoutouts here. Palafox, what do you want to say here on, uh, as we're winding down the show? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out Rux. Shout yeah, shout, shout out Rux. Rux. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Shout out Rux. We'll see that name in the Twitch chat. If he's still there. Okay, how about you? Uh, shout out the sponsors as well, Chipotle and Grubhub, for making this possible. Uh, shout out everyone for coming out. Shout out North American teams going 9-0 and turning it all around in week two. Uh, well, That's all I got. Here's what I will say. So first off, again, shout out. But thank you uh, for everybody who showed up. If you are watching this and you are here or you're not here, but you can make it to New York next week, we are going to be doing this at the same time, 8 o'clock Eastern, at the Cutting Room in uh, Manhattan, kind of near the Empire State Building. I don't know geography uh, for New York at all. But... It's going to be really cool. It'll be our biggest venue yet, so please look out for the Eventbrite. We're going to get that up earlier uh, this time around, but we'd love to see you all come out. That's our last chance to see us live in New York, maybe ever. I don't know if Worlds is ever coming back after. If we, <laughs> we if go we, 0 18, we're getting, we're getting yeah. rowdy on so, that. So you have, <laughs> that to, you have to make sure that you come out. So, anyway, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate everybody that showed up. Thank you all for watching online. 
and we'll see you all next week.